Factors delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan, and veggie, and more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. What are you guys waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. The options are endless with Factor. Two-minute meals. Fill up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. How about some snacks, some smoothies, and more? Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Factor is also the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options done easily. And you guys can be very flexible with your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And the most important part, there's no prep. No mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. So there's no prepping. There's no cooking or cleanup that is needed. If that sounds great to you guys, head to factormeals.com slash script 50 and use code script 50 to get 50% off. That's code script 50 at factormeals.com slash script 50 to get 50% off. Why has Triple H been so successful? Why is Triple H running WWE better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard on Monday and Friday night? Long-term booking. What is going on, guys? Thank you so very much for joining us on Tuesday Night Titans. This is episode number 15 for your Tuesday, 926-2023. I'm your host, JD, from New York, as always. Coming to you from the OTS venue. Uh, Yo, Ma! Look, I got Ryan Satin on my podcast. Bro, what the fuck are you doing, man? 2011. What are you doing? JD? Yo, we're live, man. We got, uh, this guy's, what? Yeah, this guy's trying to be, uh, he's trying to bench like me, my look. Yeah, because I'm in my mother's basement, you know? This fucking guy. Oh, my goodness. This guy's working out on a Tuesday night. We're supposed to be talking about Jake Cargill, man. God damn, you know, you could have, you could have warned me. I mean, I was trying to, trying to get my workout in here. I mean, you got you and Ryan Satin. Going back and forth, I got to get my ass in shape. Got to make sure my grass is growing because, you know, if I catch any shrapnel here from you guys, I mean, shit, I just want to make sure I'm all right. I just want to make sure well, that I, I am not the weak link here. I got grass to roll around in, plenty of it. 
and baby, the pipes are always ready to go. Uh, yeah, I got so I got some pipes myself, man. Listen, man, I, I, I had uh, I had a lot of people, man. You know, some Vince McMahon profile pics, man, telling me that uh, a three hundred pound squat is easy day, man. You know. Hey, listen. You know, I don't know. <laughs> Stay in the gym, but I don't stay talking about it. But listen, oh man, you and you and Satin should just box each other for money. I don't want to. I don't want to touch him, man. He may be diseased. I don't know. You know, he's uh, got the whole Bella uh, Bella Danger thing going on, man. We don't. We don't want to get involved there. We'll leave that for another day, though, man. How you doing, man? I'm all right. I mean, you know, just another day. Just another Tuesday is my favorite day of the week. Tuesday night, myself. And JD, the two best. I mean, seriously, and I don't like to put myself over, but who's doing it like us? Nobody. Nobody, man. This is uh, quickly becoming uh, a lot of people's favorite night of the week. I've seen a couple of people in the chat actually saying that same thing. Tuesday night's my new favorite thing over here on the channel, man. I appreciate you. Drew, appreciate you. And we got a lot to get into today, man. A busy, busy news day. We got Wrestle Dream this weekend. ESPN announced Jade Cargill. We'll talk about all that. But before we get into any of that, guys, please, a couple of things from you, if you don't mind. Hit that thumbs up. We got almost 1,400 people in here already. Uh, please hit that thumbs up. Let's try for 1,000 likes. Super Chats are open. You guys can ask us anything you want at the end of the show. We'll save the comments and the concerns for the end of the show. And please hit that subscribe button as well. Helps me out tremendously. And follow us on social media. JD from NY206 and at Andrew Baydala on X. Man, guys like, and girls, yeah, guys and girls in the chat. I just want to let you know those were two pound weights, and I was at six thousand and ten. So I mean, like, let's <laughs> let's come on, let's talk about it a little bit, all right? Uh, listen, man, listen. Obviously, he right, looks in shape. Obviously, he looks in shape. So I don't think he's using two pound weights on a normal day. Um, all right, man. Like like I like I usually do every single week. Floor is yours. What the hell do you want to start off with, man? You know, I really want to, like, I know everyone wants to talk about Jade. I get that. And I think we'll get there because I think we're going to spend a lot of time on it. I think what I would like to do, first of all, you guys want to stay right here. Guys and girls, you're going to want to stay here. I'm going to, I don't want to say I'm going to break news because I hate that terminology, but I'm going to do the best I can to tell you what I think is going to happen um, in something major regarding all elite wrestling. There's two things. One is a major signing. And one is something I think they're on the cusp of doing. So stick around. We're going to get to that. Let's talk about AEW and Tony Khan's Wrestle Dream uh, press conference today. Media call. Yeah, uh, there was uh, a lot of people trying to dig him for information from what I've seen. And uh, Tony Khan, like normal, wasn't really divulging any information. Wrestle Dream's happening this Sunday. It is a uh, show that's going to honor Antonio Inoki. And his family will be in Seattle to take part in this event on Sunday. The card is shaping up to be tremendous, Drew. It looks like a, a fantastic show. And AEW has done a very admirable job of building towards the show because I know there was a complaint there with All In and All Out. Uh, it seems like they've changed course here, going into Grand Slam and then going into Wrestle Dream. It seems a lot better. Yeah, I mean, all right. So <clears throat> he was asked about the pay-per-view question the once a month, everything else like that. And Tony kind of said, I'm not, I'm not doing that. Uh, we don't have plans to do that, but I will say that he kind of ducked and dodged this very, very well. And I give him props for that because he needed to, he being Tony Khan, but it just seemed to me like he really didn't answer this question. Like, do you think the fans have burnout, et cetera, et cetera. He's like, well, it's been the most, you know, profitable and most uh, storyline driven uh, stretch of pay-per-views that we've had. And I, I, I just, I disagree. 
I disagree with that. I thought Grand Slam was fantastic. I thought that had a lot of build, and I thought All In and All Out, besides the spectacle that was All In, All Out was absolute garbage besides a couple matches. So the best stretch that they've had, I disagree. Uh, and Wrestle Dream seems to me like what this is, is it's crossing off another checklist that Brian Danielson has for a dream opponent and that everyone wants to see. And there is some continuation of some feuds. I'm really looking forward to Hangman Page and Swerve. Yeah. Other than that, man, I mean, I don't know. I'm just, this show, Zack Sabre Jr. versus Daniel or Brian Danielson. I mean, is that, I, it's tough. It's hard for me to really like say, hey, this is worth 50 bucks. No, I mean, I, I, I agree with you there. I, I don't, um, I'm not as excited for Danielson and Zack Sabre Jr. as other people may be. Uh, Brian Danielson is one of the greatest of all time. No, no doubt about it. Uh, but Zack Sabre, Zack Sabre Jr. is definitely not my cup of tea. He's not uh, you know, on the list of people that I'm going to go out there and want to see wrestle. Uh, he is very specific to a very niche audience. And the style just doesn't really excite me. So, you know, it, it is definitely what... Brian wants here, and it's in Seattle. I'm sure he had a uh, a pick of who he wants to be in the ring with uh, on Wrestle Dream. But as far as the overall, I think Tony Khan mentioned it, like you said in, in the media call, burnout. He's not going to really admit that, Drew, because uh, there was a report that Tony Khan is working 80, 80 plus hours a week for uh, for whatever he's involved in. I mean, you know, well, if, he, was... if he's if he's not feeling burnout, why would he admit the fans are feeling burnout? Right, and I, I don't know when the man sleeps. I give him a lot of credit. Fulham, the Jags, AW. I mean, the Jaguars are in London, for Christ's sake, you know, uh, nine hours before or 12 hours before AW presents a pay-per-view live from Seattle. Now, Tony stated that he is going to miss the London Jags game. I believe he, he missed that at, uh, or he stated that at the all-in press conference or post. So that's a big deal for him. I will say this. Um, we talked about Danielson, right? It seems to me, J.D., and I obviously want your thoughts, but I, I want to put this in your brain, and I want you to really think about it for half a second here, is Danielson signs with AEW, and it seems like what Brian Danielson has done is basically worked all of his dream matches that he wants, his checklist, under the AEW umbrella. Danielson has never seemingly wanted to hold the world championship because of what goes on with that or any titles in AEW for that matter. So for me, um, I respect Brian immensely. But I don't know, truthfully, if I would have made that signing, am I, if I'm Tony Khan, if I knew that there was just, I don't want to be your world champion ever. Because there was a, a time where we could have used Danielson as the world champion. And now, I mean, Max is so far, I mean, no one's touching him at all. Um, but I mean, there was a time when Punk was hurt and they kind of hotshotted Moxley, et cetera, et cetera. Do you like the way Danielson's run has been minus the injuries? It just seems like, they're just checking the boxes off who Danielson wants to wrestle. Yeah, I mean, um, he even said before he came to AEW that he was going to begin winding his career down. And I don't necessarily agree that if I'm Tony Khan, I'm not bringing in Brian Danielson uh, if he doesn't want to hold the world championship. He didn't even want to be the world champion while he was with WWE. I mean, they they pushed him to be world champion. He fucking killed it as the Planet's champion. And I, I feel like he's delivering some of the best in-ring work of his entire career in this stretch with AEW. And it's going to continue on into next year because I do think that he's going to take an even lesser schedule uh, next year in 2024. And I think he's going to honor 
uh, his daughter's wishes because if Brian said it on live TV, I don't think Brian's going to lie to his daughter on live television. Uh, I do think that Tony Khan values pro wrestling. And if Brian Danielson's out there and uh, you don't bring him into the company and AEW's basically built around in-ring, you know, the best pro wrestling on the planet, I don't know how you don't have Brian Danielson on your roster. That's just the way I look at it. No, and I, uh, to that extent, I agree. But realistically, like, I would have loved to have seen a heel world championship run from Brian Danielson. That's just yeah. me. Yeah, I, I, there, there was a moment there where, you know, he was kind of teetering back and forth. He played babyface, and then he went heel. I think after the Kenny Omega match at Grand Slam, uh, I think there was a little tease of uh, a Brian Danielson heel turn uh, when he was about to join the Blackpool Combat Club, and they had William Regal come on in, and they had that John Moxley feud. There, there was a, a stretch there where you kind of seen glimpses of what he did in WWE and how great and how versatile he really is, but... You know, for somebody that's winding his career down and doesn't want to take the spotlight away from the younger talent and would rather help build the younger talent and would rather be Tony Khan's right-hand man to get the company back on track, whether that is getting the shows the way that they need to be or creatively doing something that Tony Khan is not doing to change up the pace from what Tony Khan is normally used to, to try something new. Uh, I do think that Brian Danielson, you know, not only do we get a great in-ring aspect, but his knowledge... And his passion for the business backstage helping Tony Khan is probably going to prove to be more valuable than anything that he does uh, in this last year. Because, you know, I I know that we talked about this a couple weeks ago. Tony Khan said that if there was one person, and this is when Punk was on the roster, if there was one person uh, to lead AEW, if something unfortunately happened to Tony Khan, it would be Brian Danielson. That says a lot about the relationship that that, that they've bonded together. That's that's where I think, like, Danielson is extremely valuable. So I would have signed him just to be able to help me run my promotion and his creativity. What I'm saying here is that I think um, AEW's investment in ring for Danielson could have really been um, hyper, you know, uh, profitable. And I would think more, um, it's like, I'm trying to use the right words here because I just think that they missed a little bit with Danielson, not winning the world championship and having like a six to eight month run, but we'll get off that. I I can tell you that Sabre jr. And Danielson was supposed to wrestle at forbidden door 2022. Yeah. I believe before Danielson or somebody got hurt. I think it was Brian. Yeah. He got hurt. Yeah. Yeah. So this match was in the making it's in Seattle. So, I mean, there's a lot of things that they're doing for Brian. Um, that I enjoy, but we'll get off that. Um, Tony got was asked about a new Japan possible purchase in yes. his media call. And I, I saw this circulating. I, I, I just, if Vince and WWE couldn't buy it, I, then I just don't, Tony's got more money than WWE does. And the cons do. I just don't think new Japan's going to sell. I don't know where this started. I don't I don't know where this came from either. Um, I seen this floating around for the last 24 hours. And I know SAP had kind of dumbed down some of these fucking geeks online who uh, think that they report news and they are credible. I, I don't know where this came from. It may, it may have been a Facebook post. I don't really know. But um, he's been teasing, Drew, that there is going to be a new era in AEW after Wrestle Dream or it's going to be taking place at Wrestle Dream and then we'll continue after Wrestle Dream. You know, that could mean anything. That could mean, you know, new additions to, to the roster coming on in. That could mean uh, a streaming deal. That's or, it right or, there. Or, I can or, tell you that. Or, or, yeah, yeah them, them going to Max. I mean, what else could it be? I mean, Tony Khan, he's got so much on his plate right now. What the fuck is he going to do with New Japan? He can't even yeah, run his own company correctly. Right. And here's the thing. That's part of the news that I'm going to, quote, unquote, I don't know if it's breaking, but I could tell you this right now. 
AW and HBO Max are going to be partners, and it's happening very shortly. I would believe their announcement is either happening Sunday, right after the pay-per-view yeah. in the post-show press conference, or they'll announce it right before Dynamite or that week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday of next week following the pay-per-view. So he so was asked about, he, he was asked about the monthly pay-per-views and potentially streaming, and uh, he said that uh, the last three pay-per-views, like you said, are the best run that – uh, AEW's had for three pay-per-views. I, I don't, I, again, I, I agree with you. I don't know if that's necessarily true, but the in-ring has been fucking fantastic from all in to all out to Grand Slam. It's been great. Uh, he noted Warner Brothers celebrated the success of Grand Slam. He's open to a streaming platform. They are close enough to their current media obligations, and that sounds like something that would be a part of the new media rights deal. And uh, I know the pay-per-views, um, Andrew Zarian, you know, t- tweeted and reported about the pay-per-views, them going to 12. Uh, you know, he's not going to admit that. But I think at the turn of the new year, we're going to start to see AEW uh, have more shows. And that's where, again, we talked about this last week. The burnout is going to come into play. You know, I don't I, think I, he's I, lying, by the way. I, I What he considers pay-per-views or what you pay the 50 bucks for. Yeah. I think what's going to happen is, which me and you have talked about, I think Grand Slam is going to be a max deal where it's only available on max. And that's not going to be considered a pay-per-view. Um, I also think winter is coming, that type of stuff. They're going to be labeled as like special premium events. Yeah. So they're not going to be pay-per-views. They're normal six to seven to eight pay-per-views. But I think there will be once a month where we have a special and, and or pay-per-view. Uh, he said Russell Dream doesn't necessarily mean the beginning of monthly pay-per-views, but he's really happy and proud to pay tribute to Antonio Inoki. I mean, typical Tony Khan is not going to really answer the question. I do think that we get uh, a major show per month. Like WWE does, 12 per year for AEW. Tony Khan's never going to admit that. He's going to break the news when he's uh, actually able to. Uh, I like that move. I think that's a great move. But the AEW audience, they are so conditioned to know, you know, what they know now. And it's very difficult for them to get used to something new. And and the burnout is real because I'm feeling it. And I watch all these shows weekly and I never miss because this is my full-time gig. You know, people close to me are feeling burnout. I'm sure Drew's feeling burnout, but there is burnout. And I don't know if the fans are going to immediately take to it. So it's going to be a rough, it's going to be a rough start, in my opinion, man. I don't know how big Could you you imagine if we didn't have DVR? I I know. I'd be so screwed. There'd be so many tapes that I would have to record stuff on and whatnot. Because there is so much content to consume nowadays that, and realistically, like I've seen people in the comments that ah, drew doesn't watch AEW. Yeah, I do. I watch all of it. Cause I have to, and whether or not you think that I duck and dodge questions, that's not it. I just take a different approach where I'm not going to completely hammer, <clears throat> excuse me, hammer something that I think is a piece of shit. And at times both WWE and AEW has stuff that is an absolute turd, but there is, I mean, I, I've told JD, I don't, have any idea how he and Jesse and some others will watch the show. I used to do it and he's done it for so long. Watch the shows go live, then watch a pay-per-view go live. It's a lot, dude. It's a lot. lot. It's a lot. Yeah, it it is a lot. And uh, sometimes, you know, a lot of people in the chat, a lot of people on Twitter, you know, all the uh, geeks online, they they don't really know how difficult it is, but this is the life that I choose. I enjoy doing it. Uh, I've made this my full-time gig. Some people don't get it. Some people wouldn't even uh, dare to do it because it is a lot of work. It's very daunting to watch a four-hour show and then sit here live for three hours. I mean, it's fucking tough. I would do it with the right person, which yeah. is you or some yeah. other, other people that I respect. But I, to me, 
Um, and it, I would, if that was my full-time job, I'd fully embrace it just like you are, but it is a lot. It's a lot to do. And the stuff that I've seen you do, you go move by move, like segment by segment. Fuck that. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, it's tough. You know, unless something happens where someone comes up with something better on how to do it, you know, that's the way it's got to be for now. But uh, Tony Khan was asked about the rumors about purchasing New Japan. Khan said it's good that they created speculation around the pay-per-view, but he's surprised that one has picked up, and he was a little surprised to see it. He said he has enjoyed working with New Japan, and he put over Forbidden Door. He wants to continue the partnership for a long time, and he doesn't know where the speculation began. He didn't say whether he is buying New Japan or not, so uh, let the speculation continue, I guess, going on into Sunday. You know, if he does buy New Japan, what the fuck does he do with it? Like, like he's not. I just don't know. Like, I the Japanese and Chinese have way more money than the Americans do. I mean, and all this other, they're not hurting. I have I have not heard one iota that New Japan Pro Wrestling is hurting or they're looking for a sale. I don't know where this came from. Truthfully, I have no idea. And realistically, is Tony's not going to uproot everything that New Japan has built and just bring it to the states? Like, if he's looking for a global acquisition and a global, you know, like, takeover, you keep New Japan in their home base, which is Japan. Yeah. And what is, I mean, I is Tony going to do Dynamite on a Wednesday, fly to Japan on Thursday and Friday, fly back to the States on Saturday to help with collision? Like, get the fuck out of here. No. I mean, I just, I don't, I just don't see it. I'm sorry. He could, and he can have somebody else run it. That would be a smart idea. I just don't. I, the people I've talked to have not once said that there's any truth to this rumor. I don't know. I don't see it happening. I, I honestly think that uh, what we're going to get as far as a new era has to do with either someone coming in, a major signing, or, or the streaming deal, because that itself is a new era. That is a brand new era for AEW. All of their content will now be digital on HBO Max. That, is, that is a new era, yes. That's happening, and that's happening Sunday, Monday, or Tuesday. That, that the announcement will be made. There'll be a press release. Me and Jaden won't be invited to the media call, but there'll be there'll be all that stuff. Um, and that's happening. That's part of the news that I could officially state here that AW and HBO Max, the streaming deal is coming, and a lot of the pay per views that we're paying fifty bucks for. I shouldn't say all of them, but I think majority of them, if not the entire catalog, will head over to HBO Max. So. Yeah. That's a great thing. I, I'm very excited yeah. for that, and uh, I'm very excited to see what they do with that. And it's going to be great to not pay $50 per pop for these shows. I mean, that's going to no. be uh, the best part of it. And you know what's even better, J.D.? We have 2100 in here right now. That's great. Tuesday night's becoming the place to be. Uh, Tony Condrew asked about the pay-per-view. He said uh, he's not going to clarify anything as he wants people to buy the pay-per-view. He'd love to know where the New Japan speculation came from again He's made bold proclamations before, and he says he's been proven right by them. Uh, 2023 has been their most adventurous year so far, and he wants to continue doing adventurous things. Uh, he goes on to say he felt this past Saturday's collision was their best collision. I, I don't agree with that whatsoever. I mean, I mean, it was a great show. Don't get me wrong, but it wasn't their best collision. Uh, they've never been more. They've never been more organized. He said. I mean, I don't. Yeah, Tony. Listen, he's I, a come, promoter. Come on, come on man. Really. He's a promoter and a salesman. You'll that, and that's the one thing. Like I, I, a lot of people are like, "Come on, man, just shoot." Tony does shoot straight with a lot of things, but he still has a business to run and a reputation to uphold. So he's not going to be like, "Hey, we're all over the place, guys." All right, all right. I mean, anybody watching the show knows that they're not organized, man. How many fucking titles do we have on these shows? He says people say that they don't tell stories. I mean, oh. 
I mean, watch. You watch, you son of a gun, you. You watch. <laughs> huh? They don't. They don't tell stories. But where where did all the stories go? Going into all out. I wonder where they went. He says, "Show him you are actually watching the shows. Show me the stories." Come Show on, me TK. The story. TK, come on, bro. Really? I would love to know who asked this fucking question, man. Uh, they roll with the punches when there are injuries and they pivot, but the quality of the show has been strong. Yes, it's easy to have a quality of the show that's strong when you have some of the best pro wrestlers on the fucking planet and probably the best roster anywhere assembled. It's no different than when a football player is hurt. You have to keep going with whatever script or game plan you could put together. He's very happy with what they're doing right now. Of course he is. I mean... I mean, your wife doesn't tell you she's not happy until she's ready to walk out the fucking doors. I mean, like, what are you talking about? Uh, I don't know, man. Like you said, he's a promoter. He's not going to say anything negative about his own show or his product or his, his roster. So, I mean, but I mean, that's a little questionable. They've never been more organized. Give me a break. Come on now. I mean, listen, I, I am not going to confirm or deny that AEW has no organization because they put out weekly television. Yeah. So... Who knows? I don't I listen. Don't know. And this is what we hope gets better when they have a monthly pay per view. You know, twelve times a year. I, I, ho- I hope that the organization of the shows and the product and the storylines all come to, he- uh, to come together cohesively, and, and we get something that is nice and fluid. That's all we want: consistency. That's what we want. So we'll see. I want to sink my teeth into something. The Hangman Page and Swerve stuff. I'm in. That's brother. great. That's yeah, a story. I'm in. Yes. Yep. And the, I believe we're getting a six-man with Jericho and the Don Callis family. That is also great. Jericho and the Golden Beautiful. Lovers, Kota Ibushi, Kenny Omega versus Konosuke Takeshi, Sammy Guevara, and Will Ospreay. That's a fucking tremendous match. I'm here for it because it's got some story. It's got some back. It's making me like, okay, how do we get here? Why are we here? What's happening next? Again, pro wrestling in its purest, best form is a novel. Yeah. Many chapters. Give me chapters. I don't want the cliff notes. If I wanted the cliff notes, I don't need to watch your product. Listen, and, uh, you know, AEW is a love letter to pro wrestling, man. They go and pay homage to several different aspects all across pro wrestling. MJF did the throwback to Bret Hitman Hart and the New Generation uh, promo that he did on Dynamite. Uh, We have RVD all of a sudden making a resurgence in AEW in Detroit. Obviously, he's a big ECW legend, WWE Hall of Famer. Uh, I mean, Eddie Kingston's wrestling Katsuyori Shibata on the show. I mean, I don't really give a shit about it, but I love Eddie Kingston. So, you know, it's what Tony Khan finds to be something that the fans want. Pro wrestling. Yeah, and you want to know what? Tony Khan is giving a lot of pro wrestling fans at their core exactly what they want, which is great professional wrestling. And I love that. It's all over the indies. It has been until this AEW has come to, you know, be this global uh, company and, and it's doing very well, but realistically, like you could see these matches on any independent show if yeah. you pay the money to get them. So, but what I want on my weekly television is storylines. Yeah, yeah, it's not that difficult. To, it's not a difficult ask. You know, we've been asking oh. for it for a while. You know, they're in the big boy leagues now. They, 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 we need story. We need dramatic television, consistent television on a week to week basis. A reason for us to go and, and watch. You know, and, and I've praised Monday Night Raw, believe it or not, man. I don't believe the words are coming out of my mouth, but Monday Night Raw oh. has been more consistent with stories than uh, than AEW has been at times in the last month, month and a half, Raw. And I don't believe I'm fucking saying that, but the stories on Monday Night Raw have been, you know, for, for better or worse, a lot, a, a lot to kind of enjoy. You know, it, it's, it's easy to digest at the end of the night. And I'm like, you know what? This wasn't a bad fucking show. And I got I'd like some to stories. Think- 
I'd like to thank Walgreens for upping JD Xanax prescription so that he can enjoy Monday Night Raw. Yeah, just kidding. Go. He's not on Xanax. I'm not saying that Raw is a better show than Dynamite, but I'm just saying that sometimes you know you Shut get something you get something that's a little bit more consistent on Monday than you do on Wednesday. It's like you know I, I know we can get great pro wrestling on Wednesday night, but I want a little bit more. All right, let me ask you this because I the pro wrestling from the AW side is second to none. Okay, no, nobody does it better. No, but. Who is telling better stories weekly? It's WWE, in my opinion. I mean, that's that's a hit or miss, man. I, I mean, you know, WWE isn't perfect either. I mean, they have no. some they have some fucking duds. But I mean, if you if you're gonna break it down for me, I mean, Gunther and Chad Gable love it. You know, Gunther's Intercontinental Title reign love it. The Judgment Day shit's gotta fucking go. You know, every yeah, every, the, every the week constant, it's the same fucking match. Yeah, the constant KO and Sammy taking on the Judgment Day. Like, I'm done with that. I think the, they've had like 50 matches already. I'm over it. The, 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 they're clearly building towards war games. Uh, but the Jay Uso thing is probably the most intriguing thing on WWE television right now. Damian oh. Priest teasing, uh, you know, some tension with the Judgment Day. Where J.D. McDonough, Drew brought up a great point about the briefcase. Is the briefcase even legit? Is J.D. McDonough and Finn Balor going to kick Damian Priest out of the Judgment Day? There's another story into that, too. Like, Judgment Day wants Jay, and they don't want J.D., and J.D. is going to start to feel slighted because he's done everything he possibly could to get in there, and they still want Jay Uso, who's basically turned his back on him. Yeah. You know, a lot of storyline in there. there. There's a lot to uh, like. Drew McIntyre's heel turn. I think they're playing it perfectly. That's a great fucking story, which hopefully leads to a one-on-one match with Cody because they dropped teases on that. I mean, there's a lot to like on Raw. I'm not saying it's a great fucking show, but, you know, no. the things that they're doing right, I mean, you got to give them props for. It's better than fucking SmackDown. There's a lot of things on Monday Night Raw that I'm like, what am I watching? And then there's a lot of stuff yeah. on Monday Night Raw. Yeah, like Night Jacks. Right. Well, okay. And there's a lot of stuff on Monday Night Raw where I'm like, okay, I want to see what happens next. And my, you know, my son is invested, asking me questions, stuff like that. Um, on SmackDown, you know, besides Cena and all that other stuff, and obviously, you know, that SmackDown's kind of been a miss for me. And I think that's where, you know, we really miss Roman. Truth. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, that's going to change hopefully in the next uh, yeah. two weeks. October thirteenth. So. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, yes, consistency across AEW television would be uh, much appreciated for sure. Um, Tony Khan was asked about the rumors of Warner Brothers Discovery Drew owning a piece of the company. Khan said that the financial and structural aspect of the company has been kept quiet. He would be open to it in a future deal for them to have a piece or a bigger piece, but he has 100% voting control and would want to maintain that. He has the super majority of of the stock, and that's important to him. There would be nothing bad about them having additional investment, but he's not seeking a change in control as we've seen elsewhere. We need to break that down. because now, That's Tony, all you. That's, that's your forte, man. Again. I, I think Tony was smart to say this because you never want to turn away any potential investor. Yeah. So sit down, boys and girls. Get your notebooks out. I'm going to teach you maybe something here. Maybe some of you already know this. You never want to turn away a potential investor. And Tony is a very, very smart businessman. And he's a salesman at heart. So what Tony basically did is he said, yeah, if somebody would like to step in and, um, you know, become a partner, I still want to be the majority shareholder and, and stockholder. But yeah, I would, I would leave the door open for any partnership deals that could possibly happen. But he also is, there's two folds to this. Tony's also talking about going, if he's, he's a shareholder and stockholder, is he going, does he want to go public with AEW? That would be massive. I don't think we're anywhere near that yet. It took WWE like a long time. I didn't went public in 2003, I believe it was. Um, so there's a, there are a lot ways away from that in my eyes. But 
I think Tony is really smart to keep that door always open because you can never have enough money. You can never have enough investors. Yeah. Um, uh, as a fan, I don't want to hear about that right now, especially. I, I know we're all in this to make money. I, I don't want to hear uh, anything about that because I honestly feel, as a fan of WWE all my life, that them going public, uh, the company was never the same. No, yeah. and I mean, because there's there's million different people. Yeah. I shouldn't say a million, but there's a bunch of different people telling you, hey, can we do this? Can we? You can't do that. You can do So I get what you're saying. You're yeah. right. The WWE product, 2005 on down, is completely different from, you know, 85 to 2003. He mentioned or uh, Wardlow was brought up to Tony Khan, and he mentioned about Wardlow. He's been a great star for the company, and Khan is a very big fan. He'll be back on AEW TV when the time is right. Wardlow was actually trending today as well, Drew, because with Jay Cargill being announced officially going to WWE, a lot of people are on the uh, who's next bandwagon, and Wardlow is definitely on the lips of many people uh, and I honestly, and I've said this time and time and time again, you can go back and reference it, reference it. Uh, Wardlow in WWE would be much better off of Wardlow than he would be in AEW. All right. I'm just saying it right now. Yeah, I'm going to say this, okay? There's some people in AEW that would benefit by heading to WWE, yeah. and there are, there's talents, big talents in WWE right now that would benefit a ton yeah. from heading to a going to AW. AJ Styles is one. WWE doesn't know what the hell to do with AJ Styles anymore, and that's a shame. Could you imagine that man in AEW? He'd absolutely kill it. There's some guys and girls that fit AEW, and they could use the fresh feuds, the new looks, this and that that they would get. The Viking Raiders, go over to AEW and just be the killers that you are because WWE is never going to do anything with you, even though they're trying. That's just my opinion. And Wardlow, Jade, Ricky Starks, there's another three people that should hightail to WWE if they can because they would be produced and shown better in WWE, just like Styles and the Viking Raiders would be better off produced in AEW. Some guys and girls fit. Some guys and girls don't. That's just my opinion. No, I agree. Uh, a lot of that uh, talent I love to see in, uh, in, in WWE. I think they will eventually make the jump to WWE. Uh, there's only so much that you could do in AEW. AJ Styles is definitely one on the other side to join AEW. I'd like to see. Uh, he's been uh, quoted saying he'd love to wrestle Kenny Omega at a WrestleMania. It may not happen at a WrestleMania because Kenny Omega signed for the next four or five years with AEW. So, you know, what's the next be best thing? Going over there and having it happen there on a grand stage, like an all-in potentially. Uh, I know Sheamus is a free agent next year. Who knows what he wants to do? Ricochet is a free agent next year, I believe. Uh, he would benefit from a jump for sure. Uh, you know, it's like it, it, a lot of people, this tribalism that uh, especially was uh, kind of upped today with the Jay Cargill situation, you know, it, it's disgusting because I don't think these fans know, Drew, that, you know, when there are free agents, there will be players jumping from one team to another, and it's healthy for the business. It's exciting for us that do this podcast thing. It's exciting for the industry, more money to be made. Uh, revitalization of careers. I, I don't know why people look at it as a bad thing and they want to make arguments out of it. Yeah, it's the dumbest thing that I've seen in a long time over social media, X, you know, Facebook and all this other stuff. You know, again, there might be some younger people in this chat and the 2300 that are watching this right now. Also hit that thumbs up. We're at 653. We'd like to get to a thousand like JD always says. Um, you know, there's been a lot of talent that went from WWE to WCW back in the 90s and vice versa. Lex Luger saw a career resurgence. How about Sean Waltman 
Shaw Waltman went to WCW, became six, and basically what WWE did is the sixth character better with DX, and he was X-Pac. Yeah. Uh, Bret Hart left WWE to go to WCW, and they didn't know what the hell to do with Bret Hart and WCW. Not one thing. And WWE let them pay Bret the bag because yeah. they knew that Bret would do nothing in WCW, and they were right. Look at Benoit, Perry Saturn, Malenko, and Eddie, Eddie Guerrero. Guerrero. Chris Jericho. I mean, the yeah, list goes yeah, on I mean, and on. Guys, there's so many girls. There's so many people that could benefit from a company change. I'll never understand the plant, the flag planting. AW only here and WWE only. That's so stupid. You should want to see these guys and girls go somewhere else. Give us some fresh feuds. Let their real personality show. Or in terms of Jade, which we'll get into in a minute here or so, Jade's character is going to be so much better well-served in WWE because the production is second to none. It's going to be on Jade in that ring, whether she can get the job done. Yes, uh, we will get into Jade in a second. Um, there are a couple more pieces of news here from the Tony Khan media call. Uh, he was asked about uh, Julia Hart. He praised her work, pointed out how many talents came through uh, Daly's place in that era uh, during the worst part of the pandemic, and uh, she was cited as one. Her career uh, has taken a turn for the better during the House of Black. Very happy for her. I love Julia Hart. I'm a big fan. Uh, I think her presentation is spot on. Uh, she's wrestling Chris Statlander on Sunday for the TBS Championship. Uh, Tony Khan, Drew, was asked about the new Ring of Honor champions appearing on Ring of Honor TV. He said, you would see them on the Ring of Honor programming and said that they've been doing really fun stuff on Ring of Honor weekly television. Said Athena is doing some of the best work in wrestling today. Then why isn't she on Dynamite? Then why isn't she on Collision? If she's doing the best work of her fucking career, well, why isn't she shown uh, off of a Ring of Honor app? I don't get it. Well, I, again, I think this is something where we all talk about this and we're, we're bleeding into the same topic here. There's so much talent on both WWE and AEW side and even New Japan and, and, and Impact. There's only so many time or so many hours and minutes on their television program and you have to maximize your minutes. There's a lot of guys and girls that are under contract with AEW and WWE who should just try and go elsewhere if they can and see if they can maximize their minutes elsewhere because... <laughs> It's just not happening. Yeah, uh, that that whole Ring of Honor experiment, honestly, I, I think Tony Khan is so high on it, and he thinks that what he's doing is better than what Ring of Honor was doing before he purchased it. Uh, it to me, it's just a waste. Break it down, fucking use the tape library, merge the titles, or unify the titles and just move the fuck on. That's just yeah, what I, I feel. I agree with you. I think Ring of Honor was purchased by Tony as a favor to Brian and Phil, yeah. and Brian Danielson and Phil Brooks, CM Punk, and I, I think it's... And Adam, even Adam Cole, I mean, you know, that's just something that I think has been a miss. Look at that character Look, and, and that wrestler. Could you imagine Adam Cole still being in WWE? No. He'd be doing nothing. No. AEW has used Adam Cole to his full potential. MJF and him have had the storyline of the year right next to the bloodline stuff. And I mean, man, I would, I cringe at what Adam Cole would be doing in WWE because they don't know, they wouldn't know what to do with that no, type he, of talent. He, he would probably be prepping himself to join AEW right now. Right, Honestly. and that's that's the thing. Like, that's the beautiful thing of how healthy the industry is right now is that a guy like Adam Cole can go and show everybody what he is truly made of and not be limited and handcuffed. He wasn't in NXT, but he would have been on Raw or SmackDown. Tony Khan was asked about uh, his use of ECW talents and if he's interested in running the Hammerstein Ballroom here in New York City. Khan said that he thought RVD would be a great foil 
and a partner, a great partner to Hook, which they teamed up on Collision against uh, 2.0. They love having Rob, and he's open to using him again. It's great to have RVD anytime he's available. He didn't talk about Hammerstein Ballroom. He didn't comment on it, and uh, I know that's been a discussion in the community as well. Maybe AW should be running smaller venues. If he wants to run New York City, he could do something special. That's not Madison Square Garden because I don't think he's capable of running there with the WWE lock on the building or the Barclays Center. Uh, Hammerstein Ballroom would be fucking fantastic. But then Drew, uh, they said, uh, some people in the community said that venue may be too small for him to run. I don't think so. No, here's the thing. I if I don't think that venue is too small for anybody to run. If they want to run it, it's whatever I mean, they want to do. GCW ran it. Yeah, and I mean, well, I mean, I like GCW, but AW is head and shoulders yeah. way in a different stratosphere than GCW is. WWE could truthfully run the Manhattan Center. They're going to run it for telev- or uh, the Hammerstein Ballroom. They used to run it for the Manhattan Center for Raw, which is a long time ago. But I think AEW would benefit from running a show at the Hammerstein Ballroom, maybe once a year or something like that. It's a great venue. I was there for ECW One Night Stand, 05 and 06. The place was unbelievably hopping. And realistically, like, here's the thing. I hate the debate of like, well, the building's too small. We should all want to have that problem as a professional wrestling sports entertainment company where we have 20,000 people trying to buy our 3,000 seat venue show. That is called demand and you want that. So that's stupid. That's a, it's a a, a moronic statement for people like that. It's too small. AW is running big buildings and realistically, they're probably getting a fantastic deal on it because they were already going to be there. We'll talk about WrestleDream. They're going to be there Saturday already. Mm-hmm. So they basically are just like, you know what, can we get a, I'm sure Roth Morphy did a great job securing the venue and paying this and that, and they probably got it for a steal. We don't know all the ins and outs about AEW. I know Arthur Ashe is expensive, but realistically, does AEW need to run fifteen to 20,000 seat buildings? No, they do not. Because WWE in the 90s, didn't do it either when the product wasn't as hot as WCW's was. So just, I'll say this, live within your means. And they have big means, but, you know, live within your means. Well, they have, they have big means for sure. I, I've already had people reach out to me in regards to uh, WrestleDream who want to go, who are not going because AEW priced the market out and tickets are too expensive. That's another thing that's working against them. Why are they, why are they upping the ticket prices so much and then people are deciding, hey, I want to go, but I can't because the ticket is too expensive. Yeah, I think again, um, Roth is a really Rafi Morphy uh, is a really good, um, you know, building scouter and all that other stuff. I, again, I think the ticket prices are high. Uh, I think that they would benefit from running five to seven thousand seat arenas, maybe even less than that. They could tout it sold out like WWE does everywhere. And they could, you know, maybe jack their ticket prices uh, a little down, cut them down so that it could be affordable. I mean, I get it. You want to run New York City. Shit, you could run the Hammerstein Ballroom in New York City and you could charge, you know, 200 bucks for ringside seats, 150 bucks for ringside seats. I think people gobble them up. Shit, I'd go. Fuck it. I'd love to go. Uh, He was asked about Adam Cole's status for the weekend. Adam Cole, uh, foolishly injured off that spot at Grand Slam. I don't know what the fuck that was. Uh, I knew, I noticed immediately he was limping. Uh, I'm like, this is CM Punk all over again. Uh, he was taken to the hospital, reported by Sean Ross Sapp on Wednesday last week. His match is still slotted for Wrestle Dream with MJF and Adam Cole defending the Ring of Honor Tag Team Championships against the uh, makeshift Wyatt family here in uh, AEW, the Righteous. Uh, Cole was a little ginger 
says Tony Khan, on the leg, and they will address his injury on Dynamite tomorrow. He was asked about MJF, and MJF is a babyface, positioning him as a babyface in the company. It hasn't changed the core of who he is. He is still a scumbag, but he's our scumbag. Now uh, you don't have to hate him as much anymore, and that's been embraced by the fans. They have sold an ungodly amount of merchandise for the Cole MJF team, which is probably the reason why they haven't turned MJF or Adam Cole yet on each other. No, that's exactly why they have it. <laughs> and good for them. It's yeah. not time yet. No. Can uh, I ask, who is, what am I wrong about, Jeff? You keep who? saying I'm wrong. If you want my attention, you got it. What am I wrong about? Let's, if I'm wrong, I'm going to say I'm wrong. Put it in the chat. What am I wrong about? Andrew is Stop wrong. Stop saying I'm wrong. What am I wrong about? Come on now. What did you say? I mean. Who the fuck knows? I say a lot of things. Uh, I'll keep an eye on that. Uh, that okay. should be uh, that should be interesting. Uh, as far as the uh, tag team title match, uh, the Righteous Khan says he's been impressed with them since they came to Ring of Honor, and he's tried to feature them more on AEW. They have a history in Ring of Honor, which is why he thought it was a good way to feature them, and now they are being featured more often. People have really responded to their promos and their match. Having them at Wrestle Dream makes a lot of sense as they are bringing talent from all companies all over the world. That's another thing, though. I only see like one or two outside talents on this show. Maybe three. If yeah. I got to go back and look at where this, what is this? I mean, this isn't an, like a combined pay-per-view, right? Uh, I, no, I don't think so. Um, I said this last week. I'm like, you know, with Bray Wyatt, God rest his soul, unfortunately passing away. And the whole righteous group kind of very much feeling like the old school Wyatt family. I honestly feel like Tony Khan and his love for pro wrestling thinks he's doing something good. Hey, you know, we got our own little Wyatt family here. Let's try and kind of do what we can with these guys on television. Meanwhile, a lot of people are very critical about MJF and Adam Cole defending the tag team titles against a team like that when they have the kingdom who fit into the storyline right there at this pay-per-view, which would have been a lot better and probably pleased a lot more people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Absolutely. I- uh, I haven't seen uh, Jeff in the chat. He got quiet all of a sudden. And that, if I hope we didn't kick the dude because I wanted to know what I was wrong about. I mean, I get told I'm wrong every day by my wife, so it's okay. I'm not afraid to, to I'm not afraid to sit here and answer a challenge or a question. Go for it, Jeff. If you have something to say, say it. But grab your nuts and say it. Um, yeah. To this whole thing with Adam Cole and MJF, they are the hottest thing in AEW. There is no doubt about that. Yeah. But this tag match, this tag team title match is a miss. They should have went with the kingdom. Yeah. Yeah, that's going to happen on uh, on Sunday night. We'll see how the story uh, fleshes out there. Uh, he did mention one other thing about Fox being a potential bidder for AEW. Basically, Tony Khan said that he wouldn't do that to Warner Brothers Discovery. He'd like to stay with them forever. It makes sense that there will be a lot of potential bidders, but it's not the right time to speculate as, as he's with Warner Brothers Discovery right now. And he would like to remain loyal where he says, uh, in this industry, Drew, there is not a lot of loyalty and um, he says it would be disrespectful. And he appreciates is, everything that they've done with him. This is where the humility and, like, the good person that I see come out of Tony Khan, which you see all the time. He is a genuinely good human being. I've had minor interactions with him, but the interactions I've had had with him, um, they're very, very – You could, I, I could feel people's, like, energy and stuff like that. And yeah. Tony is a very, very good human. Yeah. And I will tell you that uh, Tony saying this just goes to show that he's not – all about the dough. He's got plenty of it. What he likes is tradition. He likes comfort and he likes people who have been with him from the start. So I applaud Tony for this comment. He said he'd take a penny or two less to stay with Warner. I, Cause they, they took a shot on him. I really like that about Tony. 
Yeah, yeah, I felt the energy of Tony Khan, too, when I got invited to my first media scrum. He just felt his energy. He felt his passion. Uh, he's been very caring to his roster. He's gone out of his way to make everybody happy when someone's injured, takes care of him. Uh, when someone unfortunately passes away, like Bray Wyatt, he sent everybody to the uh, memorial service. No, take time off, do what you got to do. I mean, he's just that type of guy, and you see it. And, and it's unfair that he gets shit on every week, but, you know, it's social media. I'm not really surprised. Um, shitting on everybody. Let's get into that, Drew. Uh, a lot of people made an uproar today about Jade Cargill as ESPN gave her the absolute red carpet treatment with uh, WWE announcing a multi-year deal for Jade Cargill. I'm assuming she's coming in under that name. I don't know why she wouldn't. Uh, signing with WWE, multi-year deal. And uh, it was all over the place, man. She was trending number one on social media today. A lot of people were excited about this. And my my problem, before I let you uh, get into some of this, Drew, is, you know... I get that Jade has the makings of a superstar. I never, I never once insinuated that she doesn't. She looks the part. I said it time and time again. I said it with Jesse. I said it with you. That when she goes to WWE, they are going to be a monster in marketing her and giving her the proper platform to be the star that Tony Khan could not develop over an AEW. My problem with today is that everyone is overhyping the fuck out of her so much already that I'm already sick and tired of it. Number one, the media, and I don't want to say anything deflammatory here uh, with, you know, with my big mouth towards anybody, but I'm, I'm using this in a general sense. It's almost like everybody had the same fucking brain, bro. Like, uh, oh my God, so uh, such a huge star she's going to be uh, become. She's got great potential. Nobody said anything outside those boundaries. I'm like, all right, does anybody have a fucking mind of their own? Could you give me something a little bit more? Why does everybody have to regurgitate everything that everybody else said? And, and my other problem with it is, you know, where were you people for the last two years, man? Everybody all of a sudden is now the, the biggest Jake right. Cargill stand all of a sudden. Like, where the fuck were you? For the last two years when she was TBS champion and having one of the worst title reigns in company history that really didn't go on to do anything for anybody. You know, th yeah. th that's the problem that really upsets me. Where is all of this coming from now? And I kind of I kind of pinpointed it to the tribalism and the no life fucking geeks online who want to make everything about WWE versus AEW. And it's just it's very frustrating to sit where I sit and I got to see this. And then I got blasted on social media because I said, Performance Center, great first move. Let's get her ready. But she's not ready yet. Let's calm the fucking uh, storm here. She's not anywhere where she needs to be. Let, let's get her to a point where she can actually be in the ring with Bianca Belair. And then let's see what she can do. Honestly. Yeah. And listen, I agree with your, your statement wholeheartedly. The whole, um, she, I, I would keep her in Jade Cargill in the Performance Center for a month, maybe a month and a half. Let her really sharpen her tools. And go from there. I mean, I put it out on Twitter. Somebody said something like, WWE fans aren't wrestling fans. They're WWE fans. And this is about Jade. And I said, what? Since the moment Jade hit my television, I said she has the look to be a massive star. Now she gets the opportunity to really sharpen her skill set with the biggest sports entertainment company in the world and make herself a massive star. And that is the honest to God truth. We're not Jade is not Bret Hart, okay? And nobody is claiming her to be. But she's an athlete. Charlotte and Ronda were not Bret Hart when they got to WWE. These are not, you know, fine shine gems here. What they all are is extremely marketable and extremely athletic. 
Jade could be that for WWE if the in-ring stuff matches the production. And I'm glad you her. said that. I'm glad you said that because I made that a, a point of focus on social media today with a lot of people. And a lot of people were like, she doesn't need to wrestle. She's a sports she entertainer. And, and I said, I, I said on social media, th this is like, I, I mean, this is what's pro the problem with the fucking product and the fan today. Like, mm -hmm. imagine going to a bar and, and you see a beautiful bartender and she's got, she's fucking blonde and she's got a, a beautiful body and she's there and she's smiling and she's a very, very much a people person and she's, you know, so smiley and nice. And, and then she goes to make your drink and she doesn't make the drink proper. Like, 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 if you're gonna be a yeah. bartender, if you're gonna be a par bartender, I'm, I'm gonna need you to fucking be a bartender and make my drink proper. If you, if you go into that profession and you don't know what the fuck you're doing and you don't know how to make a drink and you're all smiles and flirtatious and and you look good, like, how valuable are you to the fucking paying customer? At the end and of the day, the paying customer is gonna be like, bitch, you fucked up my drink. Can I get a new one or a manager, please? I, I mean, it's like it's just common sense. Yeah. Um. I've <laughs> I probably wouldn't be screaming bitch at anybody, but I understand what you're saying. My I, my thing is, is there's a uh, a place, there's establishments for good-looking women who can't mix a drink and good-looking men, if that's your thing, who can't make a drink worth shit either. So, And they are not at your, your fancy establishments here. WWE is that fancy establishment. Now, here's the deal. Jade does not need to be Bret Hart. No. Jade does not need to be Becky Lynch. No. Jade needs to be the female version of John Cena. That's all she needs to be. Can she be marketable? Can she perform in the ring? Can she sell tickets? She doesn't have to. Listen, Hulk Hogan was a terrible wrestler. Okay. Well, well, terrible. I mean, when he went, when he went to Japan, bro, he did the basics and he did it very <laughs> well, man. You know, listen, you just you got to right. call it out. I mean, he was he wasn't terrible. He, he he marketed himself to the American fans, and he did that fucking unbelievable. And then he went to go do his thing in Japan, and he yeah. said, you know what? These people don't give a fuck what I do in the United States. I'm gonna go wrestle. You know. Yeah. And what I'm saying here is that like we all need to like pump the brakes on like Jade can't wrestle. Okay, you might be right, but and again, the biggest thing that I saw on social media was uh, you know, AEW being like. Man, this is ridiculous. This sucked. What the fuck do you care that Jade Cargill left AEW where she was underutilized and wasn't doing a damn thing and went to WWE? The fuck do you care? You mean to sound like this is a massive loss for AEW? It's not. The How could it be a massive loss right. for AEW when they she didn't do anything for AEW in the first place? This right. is what my problem was. WWE is treating this like the biggest signing ever because of where she came from. And you and I, Drew, talked about this with WWE, they do everything so strategically and with purpose all the time. And Nick Khan, I fucking hate the man, but he is, he's shaping up to be a brilliant fucking businessman, bro. Everything he does is with fucking reason. You know, this is what I said. I said, it's their way of saying, ha ha, now watch us do with Jade what Tony Khan failed to do. Uh, and I said this, and everybody seemed to have just okay. missed the boat on what I said. You know, Tony Khan is great at what he does. But AEW is not very good at creating stars. They didn't tap into Jay's potential. WWE is no. going to do that. So how is it a big loss for AEW to lose Jay Cargill when they, have, when they have so many other fucking people there that could easily replace Jay Cargill? It's going to be WWE that's going to make her into something and then prove to AEW that it's a big loss. But she ain't there yet as a loss for AEW.
No, and here's the thing. Jade had a, a tryout with WWE before she signed with AEW, and WWE was not interested in her then. So what Jade did is went to AEW, became a star, and now she's on the road back to WWE where she hopes to become a, a bigger, massive star. And what this is, is JD is right to a certain extent here. What has happened is WWE, is this is the first AEW coup that WWE has taken away from them. Don't even start with Cody because Cody was already a made man, and he was already WWE first. So no. This is the first underutilized talent that WWE has stripped away from AEW and will hopefully make a bigger star. If it flops, it's a flop. But I potentially, there is massive potential in Jade Cargill with WWE. I think she's going to be a superstar if, if all things line up. I mean, there's been plenty of signings that WWE has had from other places, other companies that have fallen by the wayside. So... We'll have to wait and see here, but she's got the size. She's got the look. Now she just needs to put everything together with the in-ring stuff and the promos, and she'll be off to the races. But again, this is not a massive loss for AW. We can cut that shit out right now, and we should be happy that the wrestling landscape is this healthy. The other thing that I saw on social media that was driving me nuts is Jade Cargill can go to NXT, should go to NXT. Miss me with that shit, and I'll tell you why. Who are you trusting in NXT to make Jade better? Because Stratton's going to the roster, the main roster. Who the fuck is down there in NXT that's going to do Jade Cargill any favors? Well, Fucking nobody. Well, let, let me let me tell you, I, I was one of those people after today and the ESPN rollout and the way that they promoted her on social media. I mean, she was all over WWE's fucking Twitter account today. I'm like, she ain't going to NXT. She'll spend like a couple of a month or so in uh, the performance center. She's going right to fucking Raw or SmackDown now. She should go tr- do the, the the traveling with the main roster. She should do the house show. She should be on main event. I'm not. Sh- I, I don't think you see Jade on television on WWE TV. This is just me, like Raw or SmackDown, until after Survivor Series. That's what I would do. But I'd put her on the house shows. I'd let people, you know, see her. They're going to record her, and they're going to say, ah, she's green as goose shit, all this other stuff, and she'll get better. And then, you know, hopefully by November, if they want to even do December, there's a new feud. There's a new debut that she could have, et cetera, et cetera. You don't need to rush Jade, but you can miss me with the whole time in NXT. And I don't care if Sean asked for it. I but Give me Jade. I, no, no. Who is down there that is going to make Jade better? You already gave her the superstar red carpet treatment. And she so called she out goes, Rhea and Charlotte and Bianca. Right. So if she goes to NXT, you might as well put the championship on her. Oh, wait. Becky's holding it. Yeah. No. No, yeah, I no mean, NXT. Her her reporting to the performance center is a smart move. Uh, I hope she is there for the ample amount of time that she needs to get better. And, and let me let me say this before I get into some of the quotes she said with ESPN and Mark Raimondi. Um, a, a lot of people think I'm against women's wrestling, and some people were out there like, "Oh, well, JD tweeted and he just exposed himself as hating all women because I because I don't agree with Jade Cargill." Uh, you know, getting this this red carpet treatment uh, all of a sudden. I, I mean, give me a fucking break. I, I mean, there's been nobody that's advocated for better women's wrestling on a weekly basis than me. And, and I've stuck up for women's wrestling more times than I care to count, especially when Sasha and, and Naomi were there and, and they did their thing and how the old administration didn't care about women's wrestling. Can I uh, say this? I know you're going somewhere, but I yeah. just want to say this. The reason Jade is getting this, and I'm not saying that Jade's not talented. She is. She would, you know, I, she might have gotten this red carpet treatment regardless. Again, if it was Jade, or if it was Chris, uh, or if it was Ricky, okay, Ricky Starks, they're all gonna get this treatment. 
if they were the first person to really jump from AEW of any significant name value to WWE. Brian Pillman Jr. is, is not that. He's going to go to NXT. Jade Cargill was a big-time champion in AEW. They fumbled with her. But it, if Starks had jumped before Jade, Starks is getting the same treatment too. Of course he is. You know, Wardlow's going to get the same treatment. I, I mean, I don't know what, like, I don't know why Jade got the treatment she did. I mean, it was just overabundance of just like, all right, guys, enough. I mean, what did she really do to warrant such an announcement outside of, you know, she came from where she came from. She was a social media influencer before she came to, you know, to, to the world of pro wrestling. W, like Drew said, WWE gave her a tryout and, and she they, they passed on her. Right. And, and AEW picked her up and gave her a chance. This is why she got the red carpet treatment. It's because of where she came from and what WWE is going to do to build her up into what Drew said is potentially going to be the next John Cena of the women's division, and they're going to throw it in everybody's face. Hey, look at what we did. Look at right. who we took away. Look at look, look at what we're capable of. And what their, their what their plan is is to say, hey, we got Cody. And Jade already said, you know, Cody was a huge factor in her coming over here. They got Cody. And Cody's been, I guess, treated okay. I mean, it could be better. But Jade is going to be built into a megastar, and that's going to trickle down onto Ricky Stark's route. And then Ricky Stark's going to be like, you know, well, Jade, look, look at what they did with Jade. Imagine what Tony didn't do for me and what Triple H or Vince McMahon or whoever can do for me. Like, I got I to gotta go over there next. And what then after, after Ricky w Stark's going to be someone else. What would you want WWE to do more for Cody besides give him the world championship? The man is the on the... Uh, he's on the uh, creatively on TV. Bro, he's got no momentum, bro. I think they fumbled his last yes. after the Brock stuff, but yes. I mean, Cody is everywhere. Uh, outside, out, I, you are hundred percent correct. I, I'm just yeah. talking about creatively, man. I mean, it's just, you know, there's, there's nothing there. Uh, there's nothing for me to sink my teeth into as a Cody Rhodes fan. I agree. You know? I agree. And, and I'll say this, we talked about this. Uh, I think it was like two years ago. Me and you did a show, and I said, and you agreed, and we had the same kind of thought pattern. Cody was the litmus test. How yeah. Cody was treated, his product, his you know, the producing of him, the match bookings, everything else. If he was treated like a top star, that's what a lot of the AW talent would see, and they would say, "All right, I'll go to WWE because I'll be treated. If I make a name for myself here, I could definitely make a name for myself there, and I'll be treated like a star." And we're seeing it. Cody's treatment has influenced some AW talent to want to come to WWE. Yeah, and, and like I was saying before, you know, I, I've been a huge advocate for women's wrestling. I want Jade to succeed. I do, because I want better women's wrestling in WWE. I, I'm, I don't want two-minute matches. I, I want everybody to be given a fair, equal opportunity. I, I want the division to, to, to thrive and grow. So, you know, it, it actually bothers me some when some people tell me, oh, oh, JD has a gripe against Jade because she called him out. No, I don't give a fuck about that. I, I, I want her to succeed, but... You know, I'm also somebody that's got his feet firmly planted on the ground and, and is of common sense. You can't rush someone who's not very good yet to bring, you know, her to the main roster and put her... In. People already talking about fucking night one WrestleMania main event with her and Bianca Belair. Slow your shit! Yeah. I mean, let her do what she needs to do. I want it to get there, but I mean, stop jumping the fucking gun you know, so prematurely, let the woman do what she needs to do. When I say she's not ready, people take it as, oh, JD hates women. No, I don't. I'm just talking, no. I'm talking as a real fan who wants to see the woman succeed and doesn't want her to be put in a position where she's not ready to fucking swim yet. I mean, can you blame me? 
No, I mean, we've all said some reckless shit before in our lives. JD just happens to hammer it sometimes, um, and it happens to sometimes be with the, the, the females. I will say that I think he's spot on here with the whole slow your shit with Jay main eventing WrestleMania night one. It's great to have goals. We all have them, and we all want things, and I think everyone should want the success of Jade Cargill, whether it's in WWE or AEW. I don't root for anybody's failure. That's no. that's just terrible. And I don't think JD does either. But what I will say here is that I agree with JD because JD is not talking about work rate. He's not sitting here saying, because I can't stand when people do that. Oh, you should have ducked when you dodged or when you, when you took a hit there and you should have sold harder here. And he's not, you know, doing the right. He should have done a moonsault here. Shout out to Dave Hero when he shouldn't have. That type of shit is not for the podcasters and the, the content creators that haven't that foot in the ring. No, and, 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 I, and I seen you tweet that the, the other day, and I'm like, I, I, I agree with that. And, and I got into a little back and forth with Dax uh, of, of FTR, and, and he seen one of my tweets. I'm like, well, maybe if AEW didn't drop their fucking talents on there every fucking week, maybe we wouldn't have a problem, you know, because Moxie was hurting. People were talking about Moxie and the whole pile driver spot with Ray Phoenix. And then he chimed in and, and mentioned, well, if you know psychology so much, J.D., why don't you please enlighten me? I mean, I got Bret Hart on my fucking text every day t- t- talking to, about psychology. I'm like, well, well listen, you know, I'm not saying that I know psychology, but I know a good match from a bad match, and I know when a spot is overdone. That's the problem that I had. And I think Drew could really uh, attest to that. You know, pile drivers, Drew, on AEW television, or, or any television, if it happened, I'd call it out. You know, an overabundance of the same move every fucking time, as reckless as it can be, you know, they need to scale that shit back. That's all I said. That's all yeah, I was I, really insinuating. Dax is my uh, bald brother in tequila, so I will. I, you know, I love FT. No problem. I know you never do. said never I, said one negative thing about either one of those guys. Yeah, I get it. I just, again, I think it's not our place to sit back and critique people's work rate. And I don't really think you were doing that. I think basically what you were saying was is you'd like to see more safety protocols yes. in AEW, which I think is um, something that every company should have. So uh, I think um, two miscommunicated messages. I think Dax was basically telling you like, hey, fucko, let us worry about, you know, how to call a match. And you were basically saying like, hey, I just wish you guys were safer. Uh, I, I just, I want your guys to be healthy. And I think it's just right now, you know, they just want their product to be uh, highlighted in the right ways. So I, I, I get both sides. And, and like you said, Jay Cargill, I mean, she's not going to go out there and deliver a, a Brian Danielson fucking five-star classic. She's not going to do that. She's not built for that. I don't expect WWE Does to, it build, need to, be? to build her. She doesn't need to do it. And WWE's not going to oh. build her into that. You know, there's only a couple of people that fit into that criteria on their television, and she's not going to be one of them. But the, but the thing is, w- with her, I, I feel like... <sighs> You know, and, and I lost my train of thought here, and I was going somewhere with it, and now I'm just completely lost. Honestly. You were talking about women's wrestling and how you're an advocate for it, and then you, me and you were talking about work rate and Dax, and you were talking about Jade and how she doesn't need to be like the next Batista or uh, Dan, Brian Danielson, et cetera, et cetera. And I would agree with you if you want to take a moment to uh, see if you can get back on track on what you were trying to say. I agree with you. I think, again... Everybody that comes over to WWE from AEW does not need to be a five-star Meltzer classic match. I mean, shit, let's just see what WWE could do with Jade. Realistically, I mean, and here's the other thing. Here's the biggest thing. If I'm AEW and they hit with Jade, they being WWE, uh, in the next coming months, I don't give a shit what it takes to keep Max, to keep Ricky, to keep... I, I don't know who else would be a free agent coming up soon, but man, I'm keeping them. Yeah, because you, you start to. to lose everybody. 
you're in trouble. Yeah, you have to. And I was going to say, uh, now it just came back to me. You know, nobody's expecting her to deliver a five-star classic, but at the same time, Drew, and, you know, I feel this is going to be with the age of social media now, you know, her work, no matter how good it is or how bad it is, it's going to be heavily critiqued and it's going to be under the microscope. So she's already behind the eight ball. I don't want to be that guy, but I'm also not going to, you know, ignore what I see on television. I'm the type of guy that's a straight shooter. I'm going to call it like I see it. If it sucks, it sucks. If it's if it's good, it's good. You know, I will I will tell you, but she's going to be heavily under the microscope, man. And, and a lot of people don't really understand that. And a lot of people are going to be angry at that. And I'm here for it, honestly, because I want it to succeed. But at the same time, like you said, it's either going to be the fucking biggest signing in women's history for WWE. It's going to be the biggest flop. Yeah, and the thing is, is that a lot of the talents back in the 90s that flip-flopped and everything else like that who were underutilized in WCW and then went to WWE and vice versa, we didn't see all their matches everywhere because phones didn't have recording devices on. You had to sneak a cam uh, camcorder in there, and you couldn't do that either because it was illegal. Um, so a lot of those talents would have never gotten the rise that they've got because everything wasn't under a microscope, and now it is. So, again, I keep Jade in the performance center, let her train. The news is out. She's with WWE. It would have broke by some jerk-off anyway yep. who's sitting outside the performance center with an iPhone. So why don't we break the news? That's what WWE's mentality was, and it is a big signing. Not to mention, not to mention, that AEW is running a big pay-per-view on Sunday, okay? And they're going to announce their max deal, and... Here you go. I'll break a little bit of news for you. In my opinion, I guess it, I, I'm not. I will attach my name to this if it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. You can come on here and hammer me. Adam Copeland is headed to AEW, and I believe he debuts on Sunday. There you go. I had a, a feeling that would happen anyway. So uh, if everybody here is a fan of Adam Copeland and what he did in WWE, you're going to enjoy him uh, in AEW. So you heard it here first, and uh, you know if this guy is stamping his name to it, I'm pretty confident that it's going to happen. So. And if it doesn't, I'll get shit on and I'll just sit here and eat it. Whatever. If he goes back to WWE, you know what? Good for fucking him. I'm going to be there and uh, rooting him on for sure. But here's the thing with that, too. Like, Adam Copeland could do so much more in AEW. I I loved his WWE run. His 25 years were, were fantastic. But to me, the reason Edge, his return, really never hit home. I know the injury and everything else like that, but edge couldn't be his most successful character. And that was the true rated R superstar because WWE, you can't do that anymore. He'll be able to do some sort of version of that in AEW buckle up Sunday in Seattle. Edge is a big Pearl jam fan, all that type of stuff. Alter bridge is from there. I believe miles Kennedy's from Seattle. Yes. I'm just telling you, I think Adam Copeland and AEW Edge and AEW obviously won't go by that name is going to be some of the best shit we've seen from Adam Copeland because his creativity and there's no there's there's no red tape for him. He could just he could be that nasty disgusting heel that we all love, right? I mean, he's going to be beloved for a couple months, maybe even a year, who knows. But I mean, the Radar Superstar made Edge and he could do that in AEW. I'm very excited about that for sure. I'm very much looking forward to that uh, happening on AEW television. But a couple more notes through on uh, on Jade here. She did say that uh, she feels uh, like it's a great moment for her to join the WWE. You know, I feel like I was just in preparation for the grand stage. Uh, I felt like this was always the mission. I felt like the shoe fit. I felt like this was going to happen. Honestly, this is all expected. So I'm excited to be here. Uh, she knew she wanted to go. Uh, I believe uh, in that last year she was with AEW, she knew she was about to leave. 
and join WWE. She also says, one thing is I'm a businesswoman, and I think I made the best route at the time. WWE is a great company, but I took what I had, and I bet on myself, and the outcome obviously paid off. I will always respect anybody that bets on themselves, so I, I, I do like that, that she said that. And she says she wants to create a legacy. I want to be in the Hall of Fame. I want to wrestle with the best women in the world. Uh, there is no grander stage than this stage. The opportunities are endless for WWE. It was a no-brainer. It was very welcoming. I didn't have any second thoughts about it at all. It was just an easy choice. I mean, mutual she's not wrong. Yeah, she's not wrong. She's not wrong. I mean, the best women's wrestling is in WWE. I mean, Jesse, save it with the impact shit. I, I know that the women are good there, but not even close. Um, and anybody else who's like, come on, AEW. Listen, there's some very good talent in AEW. I love Britt. I love Chris. Uh, there's a lot of other women that I really appreciate in AEW, but we are. I mean, it's I and I love what they're doing. You want to talk about somebody who has had a career revitalization and who has ser much served, uh, who better served in AEW? Uh, look at what... Uh, um, you know, Miss uh, Tits Up. What did what was she? What was her? her what was her line? Uh, Tony Storm. Um, yeah. What is it? Face. I don't know what it was. It was like and watch for the shoe. Her character is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Tony Storm is killing it in AEW, where she was horribly misused in WWE. And Jade said all the right things here. I mean, it is the biggest stage. It yeah. might not have the biggest checkbook. I, AEW has a bigger checkbook. Just like WCW had a bigger checkbook than WWE, but this is this is the mecca, and it's on her. And listen, I'm excited to see what happens. I'll be tuning in. Obviously, everybody's going to have eyes on Jade Cargill. It's a great uh, it's a great day to be a pro wrestling fan, and uh, we will definitely keep an eye on that. But that is all the news on Jade. Big big news there as she signed a multi year deal now made official by WWE via ESPN. Uh, this afternoon. Uh, Drew, there's a couple other things here. Uh, I'll leave it up to you what you want to talk about. We got uh, WWE releases. Rick Boogs uh, was in the news about his release. He felt like um, his release was due to a political power play. I don't know if you want to touch on that. Matt Riddle got released. I know you and I didn't talk about that. Uh, talk LA, about Riddle. LA Knight was pulled from SmackDown. Uh, Undertaker praises MJF. The Rock wrestling at the Elimination Chamber was a rumor going around in the last 48 hours or not? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Wait. Uh, uh, let's talk about Matt Riddle and his unfortunate release. Um, somebody said it here. What was it? Chin up, tits out, and watch for the shoot. Thank yeah, you. That's you what go. it was. Um, yeah, Matt Riddle, I, me and you had had some text messages going back and forth, and I had said, I do believe that Matt Riddle's name will be passed around during these unfortunate, um, you know, cuts, uh, just because of all the negative publicity he's had. And realistically, I mean, he had some not nice things to say about Dana. Dana had some not, Dana White had some not nice things to say about him. Um, and I just believe the uh, juice was too much for WWE. It wasn't worth the squeeze anymore. Uh, and TKO here. So it's unfortunate. Matt Riddle will be a fantastic addition to AW when he does decide to go there. That's something that AW should really look at along with Ziggler. But um, realistically, I, I like Matt. Matt has always been good to me. Uh, and he was very good to my son. He was very good to my network when I was doing my network stuff. But Matt has become some of his own worst enemy. Yeah. Um, I, I truly believe WWE did not want to release Matt Riddle. You know, it, like Drew said, it was just, you know, he struck out once, he struck out twice, he struck out three times. Uh, the whole Candy Cartwright situation. Then he uh, went to drug rehab. That seemingly did not work for him. Uh, they took him off TV for about, uh, what, 30 days, 35 days or so. 
And then I um, could tell you too that WWE there was a lot of hesitation in releasing him because they know that he's going yes. to be very, very well received. Uh, he's he's incredible. I mean, if you don't like Matt Riddle for who he is as a person, I mean, that's on you. But what he does in the ring is undeniable. I mean, he's fucking great. And he could be an absolute legend if he wants to be. He's that fucking good. And, and Randy Orton, Drew, uh, when Randy Orton was there before he got hurt, he even said that working with Matt Riddle was some of the most fun he's ever had in his, in his entire career. That says a lot about uh, who Matt Riddle is as a person that he rubs so well on on, on Randy Orton there to, to have a comment like that say uh, come from Randy Orton. I mean, that's that's incredible. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, Randy wouldn't attach himself no. to Matt if he didn't think that Matt had all the potential in the world. And truthfully, like I said, there was a lot of hesitation in releasing Matt Riddle, but at the end of the day, I believe that they felt the juice was too much. It was too much. For Matt Riddle to stay with them. You, you, you say he's going to go to AEW. Don't you think, 100%. before we move on, uh, you don't think there is some in that locker room that are hesitant about bringing in Matt Riddle because of his problems, and you don't want to add to uh, the already, you know, uh, I, I guess the hesitation on more problems happening in AEW by bringing in someone who has problems? How about Riddle and Adam Copeland and possibly Mercedes Monet on Saturdays? You want to talk about some ratings? Sign me up. Exactly, and that's what I'm saying here. I mean, AW, I mean, Riddle's going to be available, I think, end of December-ish. Um, yeah. Maybe in the middle of December. So October, November, yeah, it's going to be like right after Christmas. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, they'd be, AW would be very, very smart. He's going to hopefully remain quiet besides Ho- maybe doing. Hopefully. Right, and I'm in terms of like major news for the next three months and then, Signs with AEW, and I think it's a major acquisition for them, and that's something else that even though WWE let him go, if Matt can get his head on straight, man, AEW, would, that would be a massive gain for them. Uh, Mustafa Ali was the other name that got released. Obviously, we Drew and I, Drew and I talked about this on uh, on Thursday when we went live. We had a, a great audience for all this, but th- there was news that came out after. Uh, Nick Houseman of House of Wrestling said that Mustafa Ali was released potentially because of a political persona he was playing on NXT TV that rubbed advertisers the wrong way, Drew. I don't know if you heard anything about this, but I, I called bullshit on this immediately when I read this report. I'm like, first of all, I've seen this entire vignette that Ali cut, and nothing about it was controversial whatsoever. It was basically him standing in front of a podium saying that he's going to be the North American champion and the representative for North America that NXT needs, and that was basically it. And I said, this smells like bullshit, and I, I attributed his release to... Well, he's making main roster money on NXT. They didn't really use him at all. So it's like, I mean, let's let's kind of call it what it is. It was a financial release for Endeavor and WWE. It hurts my head <laughs> when I hear shit like this because it's just like, do you think that WWE, like, okay, let's just cut a backstage vignette or a promo. Say what the hell you want. And you know what? We ain't going to listen to this shit. Just throw it on national television the, yeah. what is what the hell or cable television what the hell is wrong with you people i mean there is no way that this gets greenlit without somebody saying mm, i don't know that if our advertisers are gonna like that yeah. get the fuck out of yeah, here yeah they, they filmed it it was a completely yeah. new vignette Shawn michaels approved it to put it on the fucking show and that, then they had a problem when it aired after it aired I mean, give me a yeah break. i mean everybody involved would be fired at that point it just wouldn't be mustafa it was everybody and i think again making great money uh, on NXT, they have no plan for him on the main roster at all. It seems, and I think Mustafa really wanted this. I think this was this was a mutual kind of parting of the ways. I don't. I think you know he kind of like tiptoed around it. He being Mustafa Ali, where I mean they could release me. I probably oh, use me all this other stuff. 
But to say that that vignette or that backstage segment was the straw that broke the camel's back, I'm sorry, but no. No, absolutely not. Rick Boogs was the other one. Uh, Rick Boogs came out and said, uh, you know, uh, a lot in, uh, in so little words. He got released, and he went onto his YouTube channel and went back and forth with a poster in the comments section. And in response to the comment, he said this, and I quote, this would have never happened to me with Vince at the helm. Very obvious that WWE has been reinventing their image to please networks and advertisers. They're removing what they deem toxic masculinity. I can say with 100% certainly with the removal of Vince McMahon, it killed my career. He's right. He's right. He was a Vince McMahon guy. um, And a lot of people backstage viewed him as just a meathead. I, I could I, I could see that. I mean, that, 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 that's a shame because he came from the, the, the NXT system and he had a lot of charisma and personality and they kind of switched him up when he got to the main roster. Vince, you know, obviously did what he did. It didn't really make any sense for him to be Nakamura's hype man, but he was on TV and he was in matches and Vince and likes that type of guy. Yeah, he's maximizing his minutes and truthfully, the injury that happened at 38 was unfortunate. Yeah. Um, WrestleMania 38, and I do believe. I mean, he made chicken salad out of chicken shit. They yeah. gave they gave him shit in NXT. Uh, he came to the main roster and basically got over playing a guitar and screaming Nakamura and all this <laughs> other stuff. So good on him. Um, but I just I believe that yes, what he said is 100 percent accurate. Uh, he I don't think he's looking for like a, a to blame somebody because it's not me, it's somebody else. I think a lot had to do with the fact that he was really seriously hurt and had a lot of shelf time. And Vince, you know, is not a gorilla every week. Well, it, it, one thing I will say in, in, in regards to this story, you could see, you know, he, he he is correct. I do think that Vince had a liking for him more than Triple H, that otherwise Triple H would have put him on TV. But you could definitely see who Vince likes and who Triple H uh, doesn't like. You know, we, we haven't seen Gargano. A lot. Look at I, Champa. Mean, I, I mean, obviously, there's a political power play. He's not wrong. Gargano's not on TV. Why? I, I could give you a fucking thousand reasons why. Uh, and, and none of it is Triple H. But Triple H, uh, Drew, didn't do anything with Omos. He didn't do anything with Elias. You know, there's a couple other guys on that roster that haven't made TV time at all that were on TV when Vince was there. So, yeah, there is a political power play. A power play. Boogs is not wrong. Yeah, and if Pat McAfee likes you, then you're doing something right. You know, yeah, I mean, of course. He would get jacked up for Rick. So... Again, I don't. I don't think this is a scapegoat moment for uh, Rick Boogs. I think he has a lot of validity in what he's saying. Uh, there was a rumor going around about uh, Dwayne Johnson wrestling at the Elimination Chamber, and, and this was making the rounds as well. Now, uh, I, I don't think that this is a legitimate story, but speculation is that uh, House of Wrestling has updated this, saying that mm. they reached out to a senior member of the WWPR team about, you know. Elimination Chamber happening in Australia, Perth, Australia, and Rock being inside the Elimination Chamber to go to WrestleMania to wrestle Roman. Uh, and the WWPR team, Drew, said um, that this was the case of tabloids being tabloids. Mm, I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, for 60,000 people, bro, you, there's got to be something going on there. For them to have so. a B-level pay-per-view in a stadium like that, man, give me a fucking break. I mean, something's got to be going down there. Yeah, I don't think so, man. I think uh, I think this is highly possible. I think that uh, Dwayne Johnson will be involved in WrestleMania season. I know that the writers' strike is supposed to end, the Hollywood writers' strike tomorrow, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. And unless Rock gets a 
a big offer to do something. I think he's pretty much locked in for 40 uh, yeah. unless something happens. And I think that was WWE's way of reintroducing Dwayne Johnson back into the WWE fold uh, that SmackDown that everything just kind of lined up. But timing is everything. Uh, that time he makes a lot of sense. Does he need to have a match in the elimination chamber? He being Dwayne Johnson. I'm not sure. Um, but I will say this. I think anytime you can get uh, the rock Dwayne Johnson involved in a stadium show that you got to sell 60,000 tickets for, sooner the better yeah I, I mean and clearly a lot of people are, are already discussing the potential plans for wrestlemania this could absolutely uh line up for uh rock pillman vignette by the way oh nice uh I, i'll watch it back uh, at some point this week uh but this is uh potentially rock winning the chamber and cody winning the rumble and maybe they go after the same guy and then we get what we had pitched uh last week in regards to what's going on with roman Roman versus Rock on night one, Roman versus Cody on night two. So the WWE could absolutely be setting up that for WrestleMania 40. Yeah, and I think that, again, Elimination Chamber makes the most sense, and they have to sell 60,000 tickets. I think tickets are going on sale soon. So what they'll do is they'll take the initial uh, surge of ticket sales, see how well they do. They being WWE, in Aust- it, uh, it's in Australia, right? Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of the Perth. Yeah, Perth, right? Australia. So they'll see that if they get a strong thirty to thirty-five thousand out of the gate without announcing a goddamn match, they're basically just saying, "Hey, you're going to have some chamber matches here, and it's going to be big on the road to WrestleMania." Maybe they they write up something else for The Rock. Um, but if they you know only get thirty-five thousand and we're you know a month out, then all of a sudden it's like, well, Dwayne's going to be wrestling at the chamber. He's in it. They're going to sell that bitch out. Yeah, I think there's there's already uh, there was some ab- absurd high number of fucking uh, it was in the it was in like the seventy to eighty thousand people reaching out to to buy tickets for this show. That doesn't really necessarily translate to tickets bought, but the signups I, were insane. Yeah, yeah, I mean, absolutely insane. And the international market has been tricky, but man, the signups were nuts. Yeah, absolutely nuts. Uh, and one last thing on my end, unless Drew has something else after this, uh, The Undertaker, uh, very interesting comments, which uh, I translated to uh, potentially uh, WWE targeting who they want next from AEW. During a tour uh, over Glasgow, Scotland uh, over the weekend, The Undertaker had one of his uh, Dead Man shows, and an interesting question was asked to The Undertaker, what star of today would he most want to wrestle he didn't mention anybody in WWE. He actually mentioned, Drew, MJF. And he said MJF is solid in the ring. He loves how he lives his gimmick. And he went on to call AEW second rate and that MJF needs to hurry up and leave. Some pretty fucking interesting comments there, man. I mean, I would sit here and some of the things I would agree with uh, The Undertaker with, I think MJF is that one character that kind of lives his gimmick through and through. Um, I hated what he did with some of the kids at autograph signings. I called him out for it. Uh, I think that's a time and place where you don't need to do that. But everyone's always watching. But I agree with uh, Mark Calloway, The Undertaker. I think MJF is uh, one of the best professional wrestlers slash um, wrestler who lives his gimmick in the business. And yeah. K- he keeps kayfabe alive and good for him. Uh, MJF did catch wind of these comments. He said on Twitter, not many high, not many higher honors than being praised by the undertaker. Thanks dead man. So he yeah, did, and he did see it. What do you think of MJF, you know, hightailing it? Should he get out of AEW? Not anytime soon. No, I mean, he's not even in his thirties yet. I, I think when MJF hits his, hits his thirties, uh, how old is he now? 20, 26, 27. 
Yeah. Still relatively young. When he, when he gets to that uh, 31, 32, uh, and then he's really starting in his prime of his career, that, that's when he jumps ship. He, he's going to end up over there. I'm not, uh, not going to be surprised when it happens. Yeah. I have two pieces of news that I would love yeah. to talk about. Uh, Bully Ray touched on an area, <laughs> that sounded ridiculous, in which AW needs to take a cue from WWE. Bully Ray, I believe, was on Busted Open, said AW needs to cater to newer viewers the way WWE does. Um, he said, if you take a lot, look at a lot of the metrics, they might even be bigger than the Attitude Era. They're still reminding you of their past and bringing new viewers up to speed, new eyes. This is where AEW needs to try and move forward and bringing new eyes to their product. Otherwise, they're just bouncing back to their own viewers. I agree wholeheartedly. How do you do that, though? How do they do that? Well, I again, I think AEW has all the talent in the world, but I think they need to tell good stories, and I also think they need to start appealing to the casuals, um, which you, you don't need to have your whole product and your whole show revolve around that because realistically your core, your core audience is going to stay there because of the professional wrestling, but you can have some sports entertainment. Look at Jericho, look at MJF. You can have a little bit of that there. You can make these guys and girls uh, show their range. I, the AEW bell to bell is light years ahead of WWE in terms of in-ring product, but Overall, all-encompassing, they're not even close. They're no, and uh, that, that's the answer. They, they got to tell episodic uh, stories, week-to-week consistency, you know, and, and it's got to be it, it's got to be something that sucks the viewer in. Uh, sucks the viewer in. It's got to be relatable. It's got to be something like MJF and Adam Cole. If they could have three or four stories like MJF and Adam Cole, then, then we're cooking and we're talking. Yeah. But, you know, you, they got that, and then they're hanging on to that, and then everything else is fucking mishmash of fucking Tony Khan dream matches it's not going to really draw the casual viewer in. And uh, if they're going to be looking for a new TV deal, I think they got to start playing with the big boys, honestly. Yeah, I agree. Uh, one or two more things here. Yeah. On a recent episode of the Click This podcast, uh, from my notes here, Kevin Nash compared AEW current star Kenny Omega to his former NWO uh, member, Sean Waltman, drawing parallels between the two wrestlers for their ability to have a good match with just about anyone. He also stated that Sean Waltman has a deep desire to return to the ring you want to see Sean Waltman have one more run? And what do you think of the Kenny Omega comments? Uh, Kenny Omega can have a fucking great match with a uh, in-store mannequin. Honestly, it yeah. doesn't it doesn't matter. I mean, yeah. uh, he, he he is truly amazing. And anybody that doesn't think so, that they're not really watching and paying attention close enough to, to what Kenny Omega is doing. You know when I was more invested in AEW? Like the most invested in AEW. When Kenny was the world champion. Truthfully. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was a great time. And, and that story with Adam Page was probably one of AEW's greatest moments. That's that whole story with Adam Page and Kenny Omega. That that was uh, them at their peak. Uh, I, I wish that they'd go back to that. But uh, you will not ever hear me say anything negative about Kenny Omega. He is fucking unbelievable. Uh, one of my favorite in-ring talents right now, currently on TV. Um, as far as... You know, where he goes, Kenny Omega, uh, I'd like to see him again win the world championship, but I don't know. I don't know if he really wants it, Drew. I, I mean, I just get a sense that Kenny Omega just wants to have fun still, you know, in AEW. What do you think about Sean Waltman? Uh, he has a deep desire to return to the ring. Do you think I don't have I don't have any desire to see a run, uh, a match or two, maybe, you know, something like what RVD is doing fine. But him uh, on, a, on a regular, consistent basis. No, don't care. Uh, speaking of other people, Chris Jericho said that his fellow star in AEW, Eddie Kingston, is one in a million. I would agree, truthfully. I yeah. think Eddie is one in a million. I mean, Eddie's all. Go ahead. I, I was going to say, here's another guy that I don't know how anybody can say anything negative about. 
Uh, Eddie Kingston recently signed, uh, I believe he said, uh, low-key, I did my business low-key. I signed for four more years with AEW. This is where I want to be. I don't want to be anywhere else. You know, I know he gets a lot of flack. Oh, he's out of shape. He's fat. He's this and that. But everything, I, I said this to Jesse the other day, everything that Eddie Kingston does is ingrained in, you know, it being real life. He, he brings so much legitimacy to everything he does and everything he says it's almost like everything he does is basically a work shoot, and you don't really know. Like it's a part of him. Everything, everything he does is a part of him and who he is. That's why we love Eddie Kingston so much. He doesn't look like the typical fucking you know, you know, muscle bound you know meathead out there on uh, on WWE television that they love to showcase. He, he looks like a normal dude, and he looks like uh, regular Joe Schmo that you see walking around New York City doing a nine to five. That's why people love him, and he's now holding two championships. And he got a great moment at Grand Slam. I don't know how you can't be happy for him. Yeah, and again, to, uh, Eddie is one in a million, in my opinion, as well. He also stated on, I don't know if it was social media or if it was an interview, but he said the business is taking step backwards. Uh, he said that, why would you want to know the ending to a Marvel movie or tell or have them tell you everything that's going to happen in the middle of an action scene and let everyone know in the scene that they're just actors? People need an escape, Eddie said. So why the f am I going to take that escape from you? And I love that about yeah, Eddie. I really yeah. do. I mean, he's he's like you said, a one one in a million. I have n- absolutely no problem at all with Eddie Kingston, and neither should anybody else, man. I, I don't know why you get such a negative reaction to his, his body image. Who gives a fuck? You know? Yeah. I, it's so stupid. Yeah. I mean, look at guys in WWE right now who are absolutely killing it. I mean, Kevin Owens and Sami Kevin, Zane, yeah. Not- yeah, chiseled out of granite. Yeah, look at Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe, the fucking typical WWE. We wanted to fire Samoa Joe. Look what Samoa Joe's doing on AEW television. Great shit. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Again, I want to reiterate this: WWE does nothing without a purpose. And again, when I saw the stuff about Jade, I thought to myself, "Edge is gone. Edge is gone." And they're touting this because AEW is about to land a WWE Hall of Famer. So yeah. just get ready. Get yeah. ready. Is it an equal trade-off? That's the next thing. Oh, well, we upgraded. Jade is so young and Edge is old and decrepit. Watch everybody start getting on the Edge hate train oh now. God. I mean, you fucking serious. Give me a break. And here's the thing. Guys and girls who love WWE and love Edge's run, like if you're WWE loyalist. Just be happy that Edge is going to be able to do new things. Yes. This is a reason for you to watch something else that you probably, I'm sure you sneak watch anyway. Secretly, you're like, oh, what's going on over there? Now you can watch it and you can see one of your favorite stars of all time. Hopefully do new things and reach new heights and accomplish things he's wanted to accomplish. Remember, if they're making this decision, the talent, root for them. Stop wanting them to fail. Listen, man, I can't wait to hear Alter Bridge on AEW television. Hey, Tony Khan, may, t- Tony Khan may actually invite Alter Bridge to come play Edge to the Ring. How about that? How about it? How Love about it? it? Uh, I don't know, man. Uh, that's all we got. Uh, Super Chats are uh, going to happen in just a second. We got 70 more likes to 1,000. I don't know if you guys can do that for me. I would really appreciate that. We had upwards towards 2,600 in here, man, on a Tuesday night. I see that. We're at 2,366 right now or 2,366. And like you said, 929. We're about 70 away. Let's get those likes up. Again, uh, you know, JD echoes the statements all the time, but I really appreciate the love and hospitality. And I told you guys once, I'll tell you a thousand times, this is just the beginning. This is the the infantile stages of what we're doing. We are going to be the biggest and baddest sports entertainment professional wrestling duo in the game. 
debate show, anything else. People want to call Shannon and Skip or whatever, Stephen A and, and Shannon, I'm here for it. There you go. I like those comparisons, man. Mike and the Mad Dog for all you uh, old school New York uh, sports radio enthusiasts. That's, that's what I grew up with. Opie and Anthony. How about Opie and Anthony, yeah. man? You know? I grew up with that too. My dad listened to Mike and the Mad Dog every single day. Yep. Same thing with my dad. But uh, listen, man, like Drew said, we appreciate all of your support on Tuesday nights. Love to see the growth on Tuesday nights. Uh, follow us on social media at JD from NY206 on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Cameo. And then you can follow uh, Drew at Andrew Bedella on Twitter. So make sure you guys go and do that. Hit that thumbs up. Uh, Super Chats. Let's get right into them. Because um, apparently people said I had to watch the ending of NXT. What happened at the end of NXT? Was there a brawl? They brawl on NXT. Who brawls on NXT? I will tell you that, like I said, Pillman did have a vignette. So, uh, Hooligram with 34 months. Tuesday nights have become my favorite night in the IWC. Thank you, guys. And fuck that pumpkin pie hair cutted freak Ryan Sat. Oh, my goodness. Thank you, Hooligram. I appreciate you, brother. Uh, Jason Bark with a $5 super chat. I'm here for you, JD. Screw the geeks. Thank you, Jason. The Pillman vignette was awesome, JD. Yeah, I got to go watch. I got to watch it. Uh, Michelle Moran with a five dollar super chat. If you were WWE, which two of the four AEW pillars would you want to sign? And McDonough aside, what one male and one female would you add to the Judgment Day? All right, give me that question again. If you were WWE, which two of the four AEW pillars would you want to sign? Oh, easy. This is no no brainer. Go ahead. Uh, Darby and Ricky Starks. Uh, MJF. And oh, I mean, I wasn't even. I was thinking uh, Jack Perry, uh, fucking Darby. Yeah, MJF, absolutely. Yeah, MJF, Rinky Starks. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, sorry, uh, sorry, Max. If Max is watching, that's all right. Um, I'm gonna go with MJF. Like yeah. that was. I would. I would buy MJF and MJF again. Yeah. Um, but it's MJF, and then I'll probably go Darby. Yeah. 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 And uh, I don't know. Is Ricky Starks even a pillar? He doesn't want to be known as a pillar. I don't know. I I really dig Sammy Guevara too. So I mean, it would be like a toss up between. Darby and Sammy Guevara. I the way that Darby treats his body, man. I don't know how long he's going to be able to do it for, and I give him a ton of credit. But you know, I really like Guevara too. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't even know if he's going to be uh, able to wrestle if he climbs Mount Everest. True. You know, he's got that next year. So uh, yeah, Darby's great, but he's uh, he's a fucking crash test dummy out there, man. Holy shit. And um, and McDonough aside, what one male and one female would you add to the Judgment Day? So no J.D. McDonough. It's got to be somebody else and then one female. Uh, Is there even anybody else? Uh, I mean, uh, Blair Davenport. How about her? Yeah. I think I think the Judgment Day is perfect the way they are. Yeah. Honestly, I, I, I feel that way, too. That's a tough one. Uh, Beyond the Scripts with a 499. I love how your live streams feel like a movie, J.D. TNT is awesome. P.S. Ryan Satin is boring. He's just as bad as Trash View End. Thank you. Thank you, brother. I appreciate that. Um, Max 6,010, two-pound curls, baby. I'm here. Max Chains with 14 months. Satin is a geek. Thank you, Max oh. Chains. Everybody's, uh, everybody's got the same comment here. Uh, Paul David with a $10 CBJ. Bottom of the six, Yankees and Blue Jays are scoreless. That was, what, an hour and a half ago. Thanks uh, for the money. Javier Hatch with a new membership. Thank you, brother. Eli with 22 months. Ain't been here too consistently because I've been really busy with life, but keep doing you and working hard. Thank you, Eli. Chris Tiger Harris with the $5 Super Chat. Not a bomb, but doing much better. Goodwill convinced to get help. Thanks, guys, for keeping me in your prayers and much love. Chris, hope everything is all right, brother. 
Yeah, man. Thoughts and prayers. Jarrett with a two. Trump saves USA and WWE makes WWE great again. Okay. Thank you. Uh, beyond the script of the 199, 500 likes. Inexcusable. Hit the thumbs up. That was uh, an hour and a half ago, brother. We are five away from 1,000. There you go. Uh, Gavin Deeth with a five. Do you think Max division title will be a hardcore or juniors title? Oh. No. I did want to say this, though. The um, Dom Mysterio and Dragon Lee match was fantastic on Monday Night Raw. It was very good. And it gave me, and it's not because it's a Mysterio and a mass luchador. Um, it gave me very much early WCW Nitro vibes where they would have the cruiserweights go out and have the match of the night on their show. And yeah. that was very reminiscent to that. That match was well, well, Dragon Lee, Dragon Lee proved last night that he's that he's almost ready for the main roster. He's not there yet. Uh, you know, I've seen some people saying put him on the main roster now. He's not there yet. You know, he's uh, definitely got the makings of the successor for Rey Mysterio for sure. And, and I've been very hard on Dom. You know, he does get great heat. And I think he's still kind of rough around the edges, but I thought that was his best match to date so far. Agreed. Um, Goldberg. Oh, man. G-Berg. What's up, Nine 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 denied Super Chat by Goldberg. He says, hey, JD, why you always say, fuck me, man? I'm a great wrestler. Remember my classic match with The Undertaker. And, of course, everyone knows my match with Bray. Seriously, though, love you and Drew. Man, keep it up. Look at that, man. Thanks. Don't make me text Bill because I know that ain't you. <laughs> Uh, Tayo with a 999. I love listening to you guys at work. Hope you are both doing well. Best show ever. I work nights. Can I get a Rondage Rousey to put me to sleep? And you imitating the geek of the IWC kills me. Much love. Thank you, brother. She'll be in UFC sooner rather than later. She being Ronda. Justin with a 199. Braves beat Swanson and the Cubs 7-6. The Braves were down 6 nothing. I read. Mm-hmm. So that's a big one. Uh, Jonathan Charles with a 499. Eric Rowan and The Rock lasted longer in the ring at Mania 32 than Ryan Satin and his wife last in the bedroom. Jesus fucking Christ, guys. Come on, guys. Oh, my goodness. CM Punk, best in the world. 1514 with a 199. Shut up, JD. Fucking hack loser. I like how you... That was good. Yeah. You should audition for some shit. You got thanks, that. That, thanks a lot for your $2 super chat, man. I'll be buying myself a Dunkin' Donuts on the way to the gym tomorrow, which clearly you uh, have no uh, desire to do. Uh, El Mas lives. Yeah. Streak lives. El Mase with a $10 super chat. Watch these Twitter geeks turn on Jade when Vince forces a Cargill versus Nia Jax 20 minute one star bomb at WrestleMania. Listen, man, uh, Jade, I would not, I would not debut Jade until the Royal Rumble. That's just the way I Ooh, think. Okay. You know? I, 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 I have her maybe win the Royal Rumble. No, stop it. How about Chicago for Survivor Series? Has like a singles match. They promote that's her first singles match. They give her a safe opponent, her being Jade, and they go from there. I like uh, yeah, maybe Chicago would What's be the- uh, you know like uh, home away from home there. Yeah, Clone Force with a four nine nine split up Omas from MVP and have MV- MVP join the new hurt business. I would have Jade join the new hurt business. Have MVP manage Jade. I like the MVP Jade correlation there. Um, but uh, again, guys, please stop. Let, let, let's get this woman some in-ring work, please, so that she can prove that she's ready. I, I'm, I'm, I'm so, I'm so happy everyone's excited, but let, let's take it one step at a time. And what do you, uh, what do you order from Dunkin' on your way to the gym? Uh, cold brew. Okay. No, on my way to the gym, I order a cold brew and uh, maybe an egg wrap. 
Okay. Here's yeah. a little hack for everybody watching too. And if you want to send like a $25 super chat so I can get my, my coffee for the week, I'd appreciate that too. So JD, what I do is I go to whatever coffee establishment it's caribou here out in the Midwest. And I do a double espresso and a small cup of hot water. You can make your own Americano and you can put as much or as little water as you want. And it's only like two bucks, double espresso and a little bit of water. I'm telling you. That's a nice Water's hack. Free. That's a nice hack, man. It's two bucks. Look at that. Listen, man, I'm a coffee and beer connoisseur, man. Love it. I'll take that I into love, consideration. I love coffee. Love coffee. Uh, Will Chisholm with a two and a five. Uh, he says, I'm with y'all, but I do think it hurts the optics of Tony Khan not booking the women like the fans want. I think that's the only reason. I, he could only book the women how he can. I mean, I... This whole thing of, like, the women need more time and the, the, the men and all this other shit. Unless the talent is there, no. Because basically you're just putting out bad matches and bad in-ring product just for the sake of saying, hey, well, we booked women. No. Like, WWE gave women the main event of some pay-per-views and WrestleManias because they friggin' deserved it. Yeah. Deontay Smith with a 499. I remember the days WWE used to bury ex-WCW talent they would sign. It's nice to see them do the opposite with ex-AEW signees. It's true. Yeah, they just want to make Tony Khan look bad. That's all That's all they're going to do. Trevor Spinelli with a 999. My favorite night. The dynamic between you is special. Uh, you two is special. I feel like I learned something new about finance every week with Drew. As a current broadcasting major in college, you two inspire me. Oh, man. Look at that. That was huh? very nice words. Look at that, man. Trevor's be taking this show on the road. Stay tuned. Uh, thank you, Trevor. Always uh, always good to hear from you, brother. Uh, Edward Liu with a 499. Do you think WWE will show a barrage of vignettes so more fans are aware of Jade, or will she just be thrown out there for a main roster debut? No, I honestly think that's a very good question, Edward. Thank you. Uh, vignettes are a key and a must. Yeah. I mean, if they're doing it for Pillman Jr. in NXT, I think Jade will get the same yeah. treatment. And I do believe, like, her first match will be heavily commercialized in yeah. terms of, like, Jade's debuting um, at Survivor Series. Yeah. Uh, Billy Sizane with a five. Hey, JD and Drew, great show. Do we see Edge and Mercedes show up on Sunday? Well, we talked about Edge. Uh, Drew is uh, predicting Edge on Sunday. Would I like to see both of them? Absolutely. Yeah, and if Edge doesn't happen on Sunday for some reason, I would very safely assume that Edge is going to show up on AEW television yeah. within the next week or two. Yeah. To Mercedes Monet, maybe. Um, I think that's a shoe in They've already pulled that trigger. I mean, she was showing it all in. Yeah. So. And, and her injury, uh, you nobody knows what's going on with her injury. And she's typically the type of woman and has done it through most of her career. She's not going to let you know what's going on. She's going to kind of keep it on the low down. So, or the down low, whatever the cool kids are saying. Why? Here's another thing I want to just say real quick. You will never catch me comment on Triple H and Stephanie and their, their marriage. Ridiculous, bro. And I'm not talking about Serena Deeb and her marriage. Sorry. Or her, is, that, whatever it is. is that what the news was? Serena Deeb is not off TV because of her marriage? Uh, she's married to Marty Skrull, right? Oh, is she? I didn't know that. I think so. They're dating. I don't know what the hell it is. I don't get into people's loves lives, and neither should you well, guys. Stay out of the weeds. Whatever. I mean, Jesus yeah. fucking. Go find a hobby, please. All right. Stay out of the weeds. Like, I mean, does, Triple it, H how, does, how does Triple H and Stephanie's marriage correlate to anything in your daily life? I don't understand. It doesn't. It. Leave him alone. I will not touch that with a 10 foot Me ball. neither. Uh, A.W. Mark with 21 months. Hey, guys, eight days sober now. Congratulations, brother. How are you guys doing? Uh, excited for Wrestle Dream Mercedes teasing on IG. Her return today might show up on Sunday. I love it. I love it. Can't wait. I love that woman. There you go. 
Trevor with a 999. Usually I would crap on the booking for regarding the Righteous and Cole MJF. I think TK is saving the Kingdom match because the Kingdom will take those belts from MJF Cole and play into a breakup. That's the uh, that's the plan. I mean, the Righteous, I don't know how we get the Righteous, but uh, I just wish uh, people would, uh, in AEW, would kind of move on from this Ring of Honor shit. Right? What, is the, what has the Righteous done on television? On, on AEW television, nothing. So yeah. that's why that's why they're getting shit on. I think uh, AEW is really trying to make Ring of Honor marketable and promoting them to a an audience where it's like, oh shit, Adam Cole, Eddie Kingston, MJF, Claudio was over there, and you know all these like really big AEW stars are working Ring of Honor, um, and I just think it's not working to where they want to have it work to. Truthfully, yeah. Um. Deontay Smith with the 499. Who do you think should take the belt off MJF? I'd say Will Ospreay. Um, I actually have predicted Adam Cole will take the belt off MJF. I think now more than ever, that's probably going to happen. Before CM Punk was fired, I, yeah. I thought Punk could be a potential candidate. Um, I will go MJF or I if it's not and they have a lot, he has a long run. Um, I'm gonna go Sammy Guevara. Wow, that's quite the prediction there. Uh, I'm sticking with uh, Adam Cole. I think Adam Cole wins it. MJF wins it back from Adam Cole. We get uh, the same match we got at All In uh, this year, next year. I would love to see Kenny Omega beat MJF in a, in yeah. six to eight months from now. But I think Jericho's working with Guevara fast now, like doing this whole thing because they truly see that Guevara can be the next big thing. Yeah. Uh, Gotham guy with a five. I would love Johnny Gargano to slip through Triple H's fingers and get released and have him and Adam Cole rekindle their feud in AEW. Oh, man, that sounds fucking fantastic. Again, there's a lot of people, a lot of talent on WWE's roster that could benefit from a switch to AEW. Armando with a six months. Awesome show. Drew heading to Minnesota to see my daughter who goes to school there and go to see my Niners. Any recommendations for restaurants? Oh, tons. Uh, Have JD... Or shoot me a DM on Twitter or X, and I will give you a list of good Minneapolis, uh, St. Paul restaurants. And there you go, Armando. Follow uh, Drew at Andrew Bedala on Twitter. He'll hook you up there. Justin with a 199. Braves beat Swanson in the Cubs 7 6. Thank you, brother. Uh, that's good news. Shocker. Uh, um, got to get those, uh, got to get that momentum going into the playoffs. Uh, Jeremy Lewis with the 25 months. NXT is awful. And certainly nothing worth happened tonight. Glad I didn't watch it. JD and Drew on my Tuesday night main stage. Cheers. Thank you, Jeremy. Appreciate it. Thank you, Jeremy. Uh, MGM Ballin with a 199. I don't know if you read my $5. I, I did not see it come through, brother. Um, oh, yeah. Here we go. I'm sorry. We're taking man. that five bucks and we skedaddling. Yeah. TNT always lifts me up and puts me in a better mood after a crappy workday. Thank you both for doing what you do. Two geniuses. TNT for life, he says. You said it, not me. Thank you, Ballin. Uh, Jonathan Charles with a 199. Thoughts on mid-90s Phantom Opera Undertaker? Um, uh, I didn't really care. I thought the mask was a little cheesy, but, I mean, The Undertaker never changed. Undertaker was still The Undertaker. Yeah, I think it was the only way that you could kind of get away with Taker getting his surgery and everything else yeah. like that. So, yeah, I mean. It's he, put on a, he put on a damn good match with Bret Hart with that fucking mask on. He did. Royal Rumble 96. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Jason Lashley with a five. JD, your pal, fake Mega Man from Pokemon Go. What's up, brother? How's the Larvesta hunt? I got him. Finally hatched him. And thank you for all the, uh, the research, man. Thank you for the gifts. I really appreciate that, man. It makes me, uh, makes me smile when I get subscribers sending me free shit on Pokemon Go. 
Uh, you really Drew, need to roll around in some fucking grass. Uh, I mean, I'm a fucking geek, man. Maybe, <laughs> sat, maybe Satin's right, man. Uh, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, JD, Drew, any chance of uh, Shinsuke for the win at Fastlane, even if two months a rain? Cheers to you both. I, I don't know, man. I said this mm. on my review last night, man. Rollins and the fucking theme and him singing, the fans singing his song. I, I mean, I think it's just over, overdone, and I think it's killing his fucking vibe. Really? Yeah. So. Yeah. Man. It's making me you, feel. It's making me feel like they should put the title on Nakamura Sunday. Well, not this Sunday, the following Sunday. Well, before this career revitalization from Nakamura WWE, I thought he'd again be somewhere where I would, I would, I would go send him to AEW. But now it's like, I mean, he's getting everything you could ever want with WWE right now. Besides winning the championship, I think WWE is doing a good job of suspending disbelief. I I can't see Rollins dropping this championship, but if you want to. Have Nakamura win the title and Rollins kind of snap and go nuts because he was the one who wanted this. It's a good storyline. Yeah, the last man standing is just going to kind of open up the floodgates for uh, a possible ricochet costing Nakamura the match. And, you know, I think that's why they did that. But, you know, I I feel how I feel about Rollins. I feel like his babyface run while chasing is great. And then when he's the champion, he just kind of falls flat. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the booking. Maybe it's the fucking outlandish outfits. Nothing. What is he Rollins doing after he loses? The, so he loses at Fastlane, and what do they do with him? Uh, I don't. I don't want him to lose. I don't want him to lose. I'd rather Gunther take the title off of Rollins. But the way that he's been presented, I mean, it's just there's nothing exciting there. And I and I made a bold prediction. I, I said this is Rollins' last title in WWE. I don't think he wins in the title. Let me ask you this bold prediction: Fastlane's what next weekend? Yeah. Do we see a cash in? And a failed one because of what I said at Fastlane. Do you think they stretch this out? Uh no. We got to get through War Games first. All right, cool. Yeah. Uh, Jason, thank you, brother. Appreciate you, man. I'll see you on Pokemon Go. Uh, Metalhead for Life, 21 months. Always a great show. Thank you, brother. Really appreciate that. Um, Tuesday is uh, probably my favorite night of the week here, man. Appreciate you guys very much. Jeremy Lewis with a $15 Super Chat. JD and Drew, go get your asses some coffee in the morning. I'm going to need it in the morning myself. Thank Hashtag you. TNT. Thank you, thank brother. You. And Cisco with the $2 Super Chat. Drew, that's crazy. I just moved to Egan, Minnesota. Oh, yeah. I I love that. Good for you. I am not too far from you. There you go. Uh, that's everything, man. That's all the Super Chats. I appreciate you guys very much. I'll, uh, I'll leave Drew with the uh, closing words, as always. What do you got, man? Any words, of, any words of wisdom for us before we get they don't. Out? They don't know who we be. That's it. There you go. BMX. Uh, guys, we will be back next week, as always. Tuesday night, episode 16. Next time you see me. I'll be live with Jesse for Dynamite tomorrow night. Really appreciate you guys hanging out with us for this episode 15. Jade Cargill, WWE, announced the partnership there. She has signed Tony Khan, hyping up a new era after Wrestle Dream this Sunday. I will be live after Wrestle Dream as well this coming weekend. Follow us on social media at JD from NY206. And then at Andrew Baydala on Twitter. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. And please continue to hit that thumbs up. As always, helps the channel out tremendously. Guys, I'll see you live tomorrow night with Jesse. And next week, back with Drew for episode 16 right here on Tuesday Night Titans. I'll see you guys later.